1: Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy Nicholas. Today, we talk to the pool girls of our industry. We talk to Amy Rulo. Brullo. see, so yeah, I messed that one up already, guys. Yeah. Starting as LA, <laughs> Vice President, Service Division and Renovations at Pool Perfect. We speak to Jamie Novak, Director of Branding and Communications at Aquastar Pool Products. Alicia <laughs> Stevens, Manager of Training and Education at Biolab. And to co-host this podcast, we welcome back Megan Kendrick, owner of Pool Pro Magazine. I want to welcome everyone to the live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, Pool Invoice, and Blu-ray XL. We want to thank them for their continued support. John, good morning. Good morning so
2: i'm thinking since honor of having megan as our co-host right we're gonna get to do the good morning megan and get her thoughts in the morning too and the final thoughts oh, right? absolutely absolutely she's got final thoughts on this one okay I'm well so i'm prepared giving,
3: for final thoughts I,
2: I know i'm never prepared for them and then now or the good mornings and now mm-hmm. i just wing it and it just ends up being better that way so good morning i'm glad to be back I took a little hiatus little vacation excited to jump back on the horse we came back on from a little vacation this week and got our butts kicked we had like 70 mile an hour winds and it's been nonstop since we got back and it's uh it's pretty brutal and i think uh jamie were you talking about you said that you had some winds too right
4: i was just gonna say i don't know anything about 55 mile an hour winds with a tree falling on my house last night not my house my neighbor's house so even better so
2: Yeah, it's pretty brutal. So anyways, I'm super excited to be on this. I want to sit back and kind of listen to the stories of everybody and hopefully get to learn a lot. I'm going to try to keep my rambling to a minimum because we have many people on the podcast today, which is kind of exciting. I think our first biggest one we did was a year and a half ago when we had ladies on and and I thought that was truly and No BS was one of my favorite podcasts that we had because it's always how people got in the industry and the struggles and, and the things they've been through. And I think we have a pretty high-powered team of ladies here today. And somebody was talking about, are we a little nervous or maybe a little intimidated for the podcast? And I'm kind of sitting back for the first time going like, holy shit, man, I'm a little intimidated with these Aww. ladies here right now. So I'm like, I get it. I get I was it. <laughs> I, I'm never lost for words and I'm never like a little nervous or anything. I mean, I could talk to a thousand people because... I'm the kind of guy who really doesn't give a shit what people think about me, and and I'm going to say what I'm going to say regardless. But kind of like, all right, cool. I, I want to see how this goes, and I'm excited to have Megan on here filling in for Zach. Hopefully, uh, Zach feels a little bit better. I think he's a little under the weather. He was already uh, on. He was me. already messaging
1: me, send me the link, and I didn't send it, and it went live, and he's like, "You're not live. Where's the link? Send me the <laughs> link." And I'm like, "Dude, relax. It's coming." All of a sudden, he goes, "Okay, you're live. I got it." Cool. So yeah, so, and, and here's a confession, John. If anybody was nervous, is because I, I was kind of a little nervous, and I almost said, "If I botch up the intro, you know, it's that I'm a little nervous." <laughs> and what did I do? I botched. Yeah. You'll it be lucky to saying. get
4: a word in, Edgewise, with this group. I'll be right. honest with you. So nothing to be nervous about with us. So you, maybe about going over on time. That could be the problem, right? <laughs> Other than that, we're, we're really harmless. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah, bite. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Jamie, um, you started your morning a little bit rough with <sighs> that with that tree.
4: Yeah, yeah. I have to deal with that damage after this. So we're just living in a bubble where it didn't happen yet. It
1: didn't happen yeah,
4: yet. Yeah. So. Jamie, just so you know, I've swallowed
5: about 85 puns about leafing it alone and, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. I can't. I, I just keep coming up with a new one and I just keep swallowing it back down. I yeah. can't help myself. Oh so, my God. so, after the podcast, I'm just going to
4: single them at you one at oh. a time. Right. <laughs> and I'll be sending pictures. Don't worry, of my tree leaning on my neighbor's roof. Can't wait.
1: Amazing. Alicia, uh, can you please share them now so that John and I can?
5: No, we have a pack. <laughs>
4: okay.
1: So, Alicia, good morning. Good morning. We've uh, been talking.
4: You Thank said you. her name right. I'm so proud of you.
1: I have lost me. sleep over this. It's <laughs> an
5: accomplishment.
1: So ask uh, John.
2: For him to be able to do that, trust me, it's an accomplishment. <laughs> so I'm very proud of you I, too. Had to, I had to change the spelling of the name so I could <laughs> say it right.
5: <laughs> it's okay. Nobody can see it spelled. All they do is hear it, right?
2: Edgar, when he looks at a word, and we I think we've all done it, unless I'm the only weirdo, but when you look at something, you the simplest word that you're trying to spell. It doesn't look like it's spelt right. Like, it could be as simple as, like, with
5: Mm -hmm. or whatever.
2: And it's like, oh, my God, he overanalyzes it, and he tries, and he really – I mean, he probably – I can picture him, Leanne sitting there, and he's sitting there just reading it over and over and over and over and over again so he doesn't screw it up. Practicing. Uh, Oh, for sure. Exactly what I do. sad is we hit the podcast, and the first thing he does is he trips and chips his front (laughs) teeth. Every
5: time. <laughs> and it was on Amy's name, not even mine. I know, it wasn't yes. even Alicia. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Right. It's the <laughs> one that you don't worry about. Megan, good morning. Good morning. You know, you said that, you you know, you talk about being the uh, reigning champ of Marco Polo. However, it might be me and Jamie. Yes. Because, have you ever heard of the app Marco Polo? No. Okay, so there's an app where you can send people video messages. And I just went back and checked and Amy, or not Amy, Jamie and I, have been Marco Polo and each other since the beginning of the pandemic. And I just have like hundreds and hundreds of video messages between the two of us. Oh, always yeah. after hours, oh. always after work, right? <laughs> yes, after work. No, always, you, always. Yes, I mean, uh, yeah, usually uh, like we're in our pajamas and yeah. like haven't done our hair or makeup or anything. And um, yeah, so I think we may have beat you, at least in the Marco Polo app world.
4: That's what I sure. thought he meant when he said it at first. And I was like, oh, wait, no, there is a game in the pool. Yes, Marco there Polo. is a real, there it is. a yeah. game from somewhere. <laughs>
3: yeah, Yes. Before, before this Marco Polo that we participate in, there was another one, but yeah, I think we've got you beat Edgar. I think we are the new reigning champs of Marco Polo. <laughs> um, Sorry. Um, so yeah. I that. that
1: intro, John, have to change the intro there,
3: or you're just going to have to join our Marco Polo group, Edgar. Mm, right. I'm you sure go. you'd, I'm sure you'd really enjoy it. We talk we a lot about up. skincare and makeup. <laughs>
5: I just would like to warn you. That's right.
3: That's right. John John should get in on that one. Get our skincare and makeup and uh, facial tips. And
5: hair care products. (laughs) He he can jump in on some hair care products. Yeah. Yep. Edgar, just be aware: whatever you put on Marco Polo is providing like a video record of whatever you're doing. So always consider what you record before you record
3: it. Just make sure you've got that trust with the person who's receiving exactly your Marco Polo. You got to have a, a circle trust of treat. trust. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: so just to let you know, my my 15 year old daughter tortures me with these damn TikToks. <laughs> Because she makes me do like there'll be a, a dad or an old man TikTok where all the parents are doing it. So yesterday she had me doing one and I'm like, OK, don't post that. She's like, OK, all of a sudden I get a call from my older daughter going, hey, I just saw your TikTok. Like, no,
4: that's a good dad right there. I don't think mine would ever do that. I'm definitely hey
3: guys, I'm definitely looking. that
4: up. Before we get started,
1: I want to give a shout out to a whole bunch of people that are listening live. Dom is on Facebook. We have Lauren. We've got Jeanette Horn. We have Ed. We have Maggie. And we have Sean. So big shout out to all you guys out there. Also, big shout out to Jay Breakfield, which is on as well. So big shout out to all you guys out there listening. We have this cool little feature where all the messages come in to one platform. Oh, there's Janie saying, what about me? So big shout out to Janie out there as well. So guys, if you guys have any questions for the gals, then... By the way, look at this. I just got a message from Brian Curson from Hayward, and we have your show up in the MTV van.
5: So- oh, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> you guys are out there. I want man. So big shout-out to Brian. Big shout-out to Hayward guys. Uh, love you guys out there. I really appreciate that. So That's cool. All right, guys. Let's get a couple things out of the way so we can get this podcast started. We have a button on our website at poolnation.com. So if you are... Or if you have a question that you want to submit either to the podcast or for us to answer on the Instagram Live, go there, press that button, send that question in, and we will be able to answer your questions live. If you are live watching this podcast, go to any of the platforms, send the messages there, and we'll be glad to answer those. This week's shout out, John, goes to Adam from Big George Pool Care from Las Vegas. He sent us a message, John, via email last night and said, hey, I'm driving back to Vegas on Saturday after the show. And if I win the $20,000, I'm bringing you, John, and Wayne over to Vegas. So Adam, big shout out to you out there. We look forward to meeting you. And now we're praying that you win the $20,000. Anyways, Megan, I'm going to let you take the show from here on out.
3: Oh man. Well, thanks for letting me co-host today, guys. This is really fun. So, I mean, and hello friends. We have a bunch of questions for you and we're so excited to have all of you women and ladies on the podcast today. But first I think we should dive into each of your stories and your journey into the industry. So Amy, you had the hardest time getting technology to work for you today. So I think we should start with you, not give you a break at all to relax and settle in. I think we should just off the bat, let's get going right away with Amy. My
6: name is Amy Rulo. I work for Scott Payne Custom Pools. I run the division called Pool Perfect Service Specialists. I have been in the industry for about 18 years. I have two children. I live in Pennsylvania. I kind of grew up in the business, working with my father when I was a little girl. I worked through different stages of my life. I graduated with an education degree, taught school for a little bit. That really wasn't for me. There wasn't a lot of jobs out then. There was a job shortage. So then I actually started working for a local supermarket company and worked my way into the real estate department and ran their um, equipment buying division and then moved into maintenance. Once I got up into the maintenance department, I had gotten married. I had my first child. And I went back to work after being off for about three and a half, four months and decided when I went back to work within like the first week, I couldn't take traveling between New York, New Jersey, Delaware, and Virginia. So I wanted to stay home with my son. I didn't want to leave him overnight. I didn't want to travel. I was nursing. So that made it very difficult to be home to to take care of him. And I walked into work one day and said, I don't think I can do this anymore. In the interim, my father worked for my uncle's pool business. They were a commercial and residential company. And my uncle said to me, Hey, listen, I obviously can't pay you what you were making in a corporate America, but what I can do is offer you to bring your son to work every day. So I started working for my uncle's pool company, which was only about 10 minutes from home, which was fantastic. My son came to work with me every day. His name is Joseph. He sat on my desk in his little chair, got to rock him to sleep every day. Uh, we had a nursery that I could put him down in. And actually, both of my children got to go to work with me. So I have a sec- my second son, Michael who is now 16. He came to work with me every day too. So being able to work for a family business gave me a lot of flexibility, which was wonderful. And, you know, my mom helped me. Sometimes she would pick my boys up and then she would take them home for a little bit to give me a break so that I could finish my day at work without screaming kids running around. But, you know, it was a wonderful experience because I got to work side by side with my father. Not everybody can see that. I decided after my boys were grown and in school that I wanted to transition into into another part of the industry, someplace where I could be more, because I knew what my uncle's business, I was kind of shelved. That was it. There was nowhere to go. His daughter was going to take over the business one day, which didn't leave a place for me to succeed. I moved into an, another pull and spa company. I ran their retail store and their service division. I had about 900 customers. I had about 12 crews on the road. And then a small retail store. Kind of grew out of that too. I wanted to learn more about pools, go figure. So once that was done, I moved on to a renovation company. I worked there for about six years and learned everything on residential pool renovations and ran a small service business out of there to take take care of some customers. We only really had like 36 customers. Once I got through learning about renovations, I wanted to learn how to build pools. So here I am today, working for Scott Payne Custom Pools. and Unfortunately, when I first started this job, the pandemic hit within a few months, and I was scared for my job because we weren't building pools. We weren't renovating pools. So we sat down, Scott and I sat down one day and said, hey, hmm, do you want to run a service business? And I was like, well, that's really what I do best. So absolutely. So this is our third season. We're still running strong building. We build pools and we service pools. So I'm lucky enough to have a small division that, Hopefully, I'll be able to grow soon if we can find people to work for us, which we know this workforce is crazy right now. But that's a little bit of how I started and how where I am today in a nutshell. I know that I'm blessed and I work with a bunch of really wonderful people and I've been mentored by a lot of wonderful people. So
1: so with Scott Payne, can you tell us a, a little bit more about Scott Payne? So do they do building, renovation, service? Do they have retail? What What is that company like?
6: So um, Scott Payne Outdoor Group is our main umbrella, we'll call it. Within Scott Payne Outdoor Group, we have Scott Payne Custom Pools, so we build residential custom pools. We have Pool Perfect Service Specialists, which is our service division. We have Pool Refresh, which is our renovation division. And the Outdoor Group does patios, decks, landscaping. So we're soup to nuts. So soon as we rip up your backyard we can put it back together. The only thing we don't have right now is a fence company, but I have no doubt Scott will figure that one out too. So and, and we do have some other layers to us, meaning that, you know, Scott has some other parts of the division. We want to start a commercial pool build uh company. Um his grandfather was in the business, so we have a, a layer in there called uh, Tony Basio Pools, which is more of, I'm going to say, a stripped-down pool, basically. I'll say the less expensive side of the business. We do not do vinyl liners. We do gunite pools. It is growing. I mean, when I was a third person he hired, we now have a, like 26 employees, and we're still growing. So, you know, Scott does have an eye for business, and, you know, he knows what he wants, and he goes for it, so... It's an exciting place to work at. So,
1: That's awesome. Now, how many pools, again, do you service?
6: Right now, I have about 110 pools, which isn't a lot. And we close about 150. But this year, we're going to build about 100 pools. So do the math, right? It's good. It's, this business has expanded so much, and our name is growing. So as it grows, our customer base is growing, which is exciting. So I don't think that's too bad for three years of business at this point.
1: Yeah, and over where you guys are at, it's a little bit different because you guys have to. you, You obviously service the pools, but then there's the the schedule of the openings and then the schedule of the closing. So, does that part take a little bit more manpower than just obviously the weekly service?
6: It does take a little more on the labor side because you know each pool opening, depending on how complicated the pool is, is at least two hours, but could be up to five depending on all the bells and whistles and you know, waterfalls, grottos, additional bodies of water, whatever. So it does, it takes a little bit of time and it puts a lot on our technicians too, because they're, if they didn't do their notes right for me at the end of the season, I struggle when it comes to opening because I haven't prepared them with enough time. And then we fall, we'll fall short sometimes with, you know, as much daylight as we have. Look, in the summertime, we know we can work from sun up to sun down, which could be 13 hours. But this time of the year, we struggle with sundown. So it does take more manpower, absolutely. And it does take a bit of time on our side to coordinate properly.
2: So Amy, what are your day-to-day responsibilities there at Scott Payne Custom Pools?
6: Wow. Um, how, how much time do you have? No. No, seriously, I do a little bit of everything. So besides run the service division, um, I am responsible for the guys' schedules, the ordering of parts and materials, for service, making sure the billing is done, work orders are turned in and closed properly, talk to all the customers on the phone as they call in. I'm kind of a one-man band in that respect. We haven't expanded for me to have an assistant just yet, but we're working on it because it's got to be the right fit. You know, it's it's hard to find employment to begin with, but to be able to find somebody that understands pools is even more difficult. And um, on top of that, in running the service division, I also work for the custom pool side of the business, Once the pool is designed and goes into construction, I then meet with each customer and do their tile coping plaster selections. So we have a design center that uh, our customers go to, and it's uh, like a mock-up showroom with all the different textures and materials, and I meet with each customer and explain to them what they're getting and, you know, hope that they, you know, we can upsell from there, obviously, right? A lot of people are so unsure of the pool because it's not tangible, right? It's not built yet. Even though you see a pretty picture, they struggle with putting it all together, that 3D part of it. So I do that and I order all of those materials as well. And then from there, I do the scheduling of water deliveries, and then I turn it over to my service division for startup and indoctrination.
1: So you talk about order the water delivery, obviously another thing that us on this side of the pool world, we don't see. So are you referring to, and I've seen them on, on social media and stuff like that, so is it the big water tanks and trucks, and they come in and they add the water to the pool?
6: They're about a 6,500-gallon um, tanker trucks. They go to different water sources in the area. We have multiple providers that we use depending on which areas we're in. So depending, it could be four trucks lined up. Once the plaster guy's done exposing the pool, we kind of roll in, fill the pool, and you know get ready to get people jumping in the pool so that they can swim.
5: That's kind
1: of awesome because we don't see that. So to fill a pool could be about four of those tanker trucks? Yeah,
6: at least four, yeah, for most of the pools that we do. So. And it, it's a lucrative business. I'm telling you. You want to start a new business with me? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's that's crazy. well. They're in high domains up here. And there's not enough of them. A lot of them have closed down because it's a lot of work, right? And you have to get X amount of deliveries in to make those trucks profitable. And at the rate we're building pools, you can't keep up with it. So you know, we've had a couple guys in the area sell their business to other guys, and um, you know, it's definitely interesting. But it's exciting. Like all the kids get excited when they see water trucks coming. Like, oh my
5: god! Oh my god!
6: So
1: it's a cool thing to watch. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And then how quick do those things fill the pool? It
6: takes about three to four hours. So it's a process. But those trucks, once they roll out, they're going back to another water source, and they're going to another pool. So, I mean, they're constantly moving, so they're cycling around. So the, the one company we use, I believe, has about 16 trucks. And if we can fill two pools a day just for us, we're, we plaster about two pools a day. So it's interesting. Yeah, so, that's A lot of coordination, I'm telling you. I coordinate a lot of things. That's the best (laughs) way to say it.
1: Now, why do they use the tanker trucks to fill the pools? Why wouldn't they just use the hose from the house to fill it?
6: Well, the thought behind it is depending on the time of year and the temperature of the day, we don't want that pool to sit and set up because you don't want any, you know, crazy and cracking or whatever spider cracks going on. So the quicker you fill the pool, the quicker the process of curing the pool begins, because it's that first 30 days is so important. We do not like to use host sources because we don't know what your house water is like. We have to make sure that it's properly balanced when we put it in. But if you have a well, we can run the well dry. So you got to be really careful about that. And that source in the house, if it's soft water or hard water, we're going to struggle with that. So at least we know in the area that we live in, if we're tanking it in, we pretty much know the consistency of that water and how to start that balance process. Because as soon as you put the water in the pool, the plaster is at a 13 pH and a lot of times water is going in and at an 8. So we struggle a little bit with that. So this is a way to ensure it's its own guarantee that you're getting good water in the pool.
1: And that's, you know, obviously the startup that's so important. So that's a great point to have that water, you know, and at least know going in what that water is going to be at, kind of going into that. So that's pretty awesome. Now, tell us a little bit about your journey into the pool industry. I know you talked a little bit about it, but what was really your journey? I know you as a child, you you know, got into the industry, you were saying, I'll never, and I think everybody says that, right? I'm never going to be in the pool industry. And then somehow we end up sucked into the pool industry and here we spend the rest of our lives. But what was that journey like along the road?
6: So, like I said, in the beginning, when I started, I started with just the intention of being able to raise my children and be with them. But as I started to learn more about pools and got more interested in it, I knew that there was, out. I wanted more, right? I worked for my uncle, and he's, him and his daughter work side by side. So she would have eventually taken over the business. And I really believe that, I don't know, I, I don't just believe it. I know there would have been nowhere for me to go. And he wasn't always, you know, supportive of learning more and gaining more knowledge. He just wanted you to answer the phone, schedule things and do billing. And at one point in his journey, he was the president of Penn Jersey. So for me, I had this goal in my head that I had set for myself that was really important to me to show him I could be more than just that girl that was answering the phone. And I did. I mean, I moved from company to company, always gaining more knowledge. I became a part of the Penn Jersey chapter uh, of our association. And really, it was just going to meetings at one point. I just wanted to see what it was about and, you know, learn a little. I wanted to network, right? I wanted to meet people because I knew I didn't want to stay at my job always. I wanted to meet people, network, and get out. So I started attending the Penn Jersey meetings. Then in the mail, when I went to my next pool company, I got the NESPA, the Northeast Spot and Pool Association membership packet in the mail. And inside, there was a volunteer form. I filled out that form, and I sent it in, and it asked you, what are your interests? What committees would you want to attend? They have this thing called Congress of the Committees. And I was like, wow, I I love education, so, I mean, that's what... My first passion was in life. So I joined the Education Committee and started attending Congress of the Committees. There was a woman by the name of Paulette Petrack, who was the head of education and she was my mentor going into it. I knew no one. I was mortified going to this. Once I got there, I fell in love with the organization and the people. It really is a family and I've met so many wonderful people. So, you know, fast forward through that first job and starting to go into Congress of the Committees. I moved into another my renovation company, moved into that and decided to take a seat on the Penn Jersey board. And shortly after that, I wound up also with a seat on the NESPA board. And I'm going to say my the crazy journey I'm kind of ending right now almost is that journey of being president of the Penn Jersey chapter. And I am now the immediate past president of the NESPA chapter. So through those experiences, they've built me as a person and a professional. That is how I've met Alicia and Jamie. I met through this business. I actually met her at my uncle's company. And we've kind of been traveling the journey of pool professionals the past couple years together. So And I've met amazing people along the way. So I highly recommend if anybody's on this podcast listening, if you have a pool and spa association near you, Take the time to volunteer because we're the voices that make this industry what it is. And if if we don't use our voices, we can't change anything, right? People are going to view us as, you know, pool people. When we're really pool professionals, it takes a lot to do this job, no matter what aspect it is, whether it's a technician, whether you're behind the desk like me, whether you're selling products. It really is an experience, and it's a lot of hard work, so... So that's a little bit about my journey, and I'm proud of what I've accomplished. I'm going to miss not being president. I know that's crazy to say because it is a lot of responsibility. But at the same time, I know that uh, the organization will be in good hands uh, because we've made a lot of strides the past couple of years to bring us up, to hold the bar high for everybody and keep those standards going. So it's a little bit
1: about me there. Gotcha. So you became president of NESPA. So can you tell us a little bit about Nespa, what it is, and, and your role as a president of Nespa?
6: So Nespa is a Northeast Poland Spa Association. We have four chapters that are a part of that organization. We're a nonprofit. Nespa is run by Amandi, who is the executive director. And we basically are advocates for our industry. So we meet once a month via Zoom uh, or in person. And We talk about what's going on in the industry. We talk about licensure, education, what we can bring to everybody to make them more successful, whether it be as a business owner running your business or if it be the guy that's in the truck testing and treating water. So we go through all of those scenarios and we talk about them and we execute the plans that I'll say our strategic plan. And then from there, that goes down into the chapters. And the chapters then try and model what Nespa is doing so that we all support each other. Nespa also runs the Pool and Spa show in Atlantic City. So if anybody's on here and you haven't been to it yet, it is the last week of January every year. You need to be there. We had over 80 educational tracks this year. It was a wonderful experience. We normally have about 10 to 12,000 people attend. There are multiple vendors, so you'll spend time on the floor with the vendors. We have on-hands classes, hands-on classes, that's probably the better way to say it. Hands-on classes, tile and coping, application and things like that. So there's all kinds of stuff going on. And, you know, it is an experience for sure. And we have a, a show chair, which is I was in two thousand. 19? I get 19, right? I I lost the whole year there like everybody else, right? In 2019, the show chair is the vice president, and you basically are the liaison for everybody that's there. You take part in the welcome party, you have a cocktail reception, and you give out awards. We have design awards that you're responsible for. So, you know, unique experience. As president of NESPA, really, your job is to keep everybody on task and on target, run the meetings, you meet with Dom over the phone just to talk about where we're heading and where we're going and you are the the contact person for anybody in the industry if there's something that that they want to bring to you that you bring to the board it you're responsible for that so basically you're the steward I'm going to say for the industry when it comes to that
1: now here comes this young girl leaves her job because she wants to spend time you know be able to have the kids and spend time with the kids and you make this growth and you're in the industry and all of a sudden you're president of Nespa, right? Which is, it's a big deal. I mean, that's something big in our industry. It's a big association. And so what made you, what was the drive that made you go, hey, you know, I'm over here for lack of better words, I'm over here just kind of a service person doing this All of a sudden, you're president of NESPA. What made you, what what fed that? What was the fuel that made you do that? Because that's not something that everybody does.
6: So it was drive. Once I knew my uncle had been president of Penn Jersey eons ago, right? Uh, And I knew the lack of support that was there, right? Being a woman in the industry, I decided I was going to shoot for the stars. And the stars for me was to be president of NESPA, and I was given the opportunity once I was voted in, because there is a nomination process you do go through. It was my goal to be the president. And I made it. You know, I didn't just make it for that, and I made it for Penn Jersey too. So I, I did both of those things. It was my aha moment, and it was something that was really important to me. I did it take time away from my children? Absolutely. It did take family time. Listen. Being in the pool industry takes family time, especially here in the Northeast, because they're out of school and they're playing baseball and it's my busiest time of the year. I'm working the longest days and those days sometimes are 12 to 15 hours behind a desk or back at home, right back on my laptop again. So, you know, it did take time, but it was time I wanted to put in because it also has provided me the opportunity to network with some amazing people. It's how I met you. I've come across so many people that have strengthened my success in life I think that everybody should look at what drives them and find that one thing. And that one thing for me was making sure that I made a difference, not only to myself, but also in the industry and also that I could prove a woman can be president too. And that was just, it was something that I strived for and I really wanted to meet.
3: I love that so much because I think a lot of our stories in the pool industry sometimes sound like kind of fell into it, right? It wasn't what we planned to do with our lives. It wasn't what we intended to do. And then here we are, we make a career out of it. And your story is a little bit like that, but I love that you also, like, once you got in it, you made it yours and you set goals and you said, I am going to achieve these. I love that. I'm a goal person. And so that's pretty great. You're like, I'm going to, I'm going to do that for myself and for the industry and for my peers. And so that's, that's fantastic. Cause it doesn't have to be that you know, you don't have to bumble through this necessarily. Like you can set a plan and set a goal and say, I'm going to do it. And that's I mean, that's what you did.
1: That's great. So Jamie, let's talk about you yeah. a little bit. You're kind of sitting back over there. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what it is that you do.
4: Sure. My name is Jamie Novak. I live in Bel Air, Maryland. So the mid Atlantic area, like Amy, I have an almost 14 year old son named Chris and a puppy dog baby named Maisie, who you may see wander in at some point, but I've held a variety of positions in sales and marketing in the pool industry, as well as another company before I got started, but always working directly for manufacturers. So I think that's kind of interesting to point out because Amy comes from the service professional builder side, and I come from the manufacturing side. And I think that my time in sales really kind of helped to make me a better marketer because I got to call on customers and get to know the industry you know, kind of at the ground level in terms of being on the, in the field and on the street, seeing people, it's just kind of a different journey than a lot of people on the manufacturing side have taken. So pretty excited about it.
3: What does your role right now at Aquastar look like? What do you do all day besides Marco Polo? <laughs> Plenty, right? Um, how so does it Marco Polo me all day. If your her boss is me, that's, that's not what's happening. Hey <laughs> <Okay>, Todd, <laughs> how you doing?
4: Work as always, work. after and before. So I'm currently the director of branding and communications for Aquastar, which means I get to do something different and fun every single day. I oversee our trade advertising. So technically when I'm talking to Megan, I am working because she is a trade publication. So uh, that's how I justify that. But um, that's
3: true. And I do, I do try to sell a lot of things to her when I I Marco Polo her.
4: (laughs) But we do bounce ideas off as well. So there's always 100%. 100%.
3: Yeah. I mean, I just yesterday, we had a couple of conversations on the phone and on Marco Polo, and it was mostly about work. Like, what do you think about this? What do you think if we tried that? So yeah, and I think
1: and, they saved that one. I think they <laughs> stepped in and that one. That one was really <laughs> right. smooth. Even I bought into that one for sure.
4: Yeah, exactly. But no, really a big part of my job is just to create consistent branding across the platforms through our communications to the field, through our social media. I have the pleasure of working with Steve Barnes, who is one of the smartest people I've ever met, to get information out to pool professionals, like things like the recent changes to VGBA standard for drain covers. Things like that, you know, we have to get the message out. And it's really critically important that we do that. So part of the draw of coming to Aquastar was to tell its brand story, which I think is really impressive. And it's important for the industry to know. And, and you'll be hearing more about that from me in the upcoming months.
3: So tell us what, what does Aquastar do for people who don't know much about them?
4: Sure. So we make uh, equipment for pools and spas. We are a vertically integrated company with a single owner named Olaf. So Olaf's actually a toolmaker and an engineer by trade. Our products are both designed and manufactured in Ventura, California, where we're continuing to expand and grow to meet the the crazy industry demand that we're all seeing. We're up to nine buildings in Ventura at this point, which is pretty cool. What's also great about Aquastar is we're very agile, so we're able to listen to the dealer base to design products um, and provide solutions to common pool problems. So you may know Aquastar because of the VGBA drain covers and, and the blue dot that you see on some of our covers, but really we're so much more than that. We just launched our first cartridge filter after five plus years of research with unique features, points of differentiation from other things on the market. We have pumps coming out, a retro ozone generator coming out. So lots of exciting things. And being American-made, we can really control our own destiny, which, as we all know on this call, is so important, especially over the past couple of years. You know, we just did an e-blast yesterday that our filters are in stock and available to order. So that's something that is pretty exciting
3: yeah. With, there may be an article in Pool Pro Magazine about their new filter, oh. too, John, that, you can, that you, can, mm-hmm. you can check out. I nice. We can send that link. And also, I mean, you guys may not know this, but Jamie uh, has her MBA from Johns Hopkins, so she's a little bit of a smarty pants. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, Jamie, You, I feel like you said Aquastar is vertically integrated, which... To me, it means nothing. What does that actually mean for people <laughs> who didn't get their MBA from Johns Hopkins? Oh,
4: sorry. Uh, you know, I probably stole that from Todd anyway. So, uh, <laughs> no, basically we do everything in-house from napkin concept to producing the final result. We can control everything in our facilities and with our Perfect. teams.
3: Thank you for explaining that to me. Thank that's you. something that's one of those things that I feel people, I hear people say, and I'm always like, I really look up for the that means. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you I'm
4: asking. I'm going to jump
1: in. So for <laughs> those of you that are only listening, you, you can't obviously see this, but check this out. Check the, uh, let me see if you guys could see the picture. There's the there's the Hayward van. Brian just sent me that. That's shirt.
4: awesome. And that cool? Oh, with the
1: video too, huh? The that's video. really cool. The I like that. Hi, guys.
4: Hi, guys.
2: You are the man, Brian. We appreciate that. So, Jamie, uh, tell us about your journey in the pool industry and how you ended up at Aquastar.
4: Okay, cool. Yeah, so I started my career out of college actually not in the pool industry. I was with Newell Rubbermaid, like the trash cans and tools and Sharpies, calling on depots and Walmarts in the Washington, D.C. area. So I transitioned to the pool industry With, at the time, Zodiac Pool Systems on April Fool's Day in 2005, very memorable date. I remember it mostly because I wore the wrong shoes to a a weekend sale event, and I will never do that again. My feet hurt for weeks. It was an overwhelming start in the industry because I was new to pools, I was new to the territory, so it, it was a lot, but it was a lot of fun. I was um, quickly promoted to be a business development manager where I was sent to Lyon and Toulouse, France to help launch uh, Zodiac's first robotic pool cleaner back here in the States. So that was a trip that really helped to shape the rest of my career because I was able to be involved at the ground level with a product launch, you know going to France and learning about how the product would work and then bringing that information back, again, being that sharer of information to help the marketing team here in the States create product manuals, sell sheets, the marketing campaigns. It really kind of sparked a passion for product and brand management that I have with me today. So when I left Zodiac, I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. Anyone who knows me will laugh at that because it's really not it's really not how I'm wired. I can't sit still and and neither can my son, to be honest with you. So I actually interviewed for natural chemistry, a regional manager position with natural chemistry when my son was just two weeks old. So that was my first trip out of the house. I was wearing stretchy maternity pants and it should have ended after an hour. I think we stayed two to three because I was like, I just need a break. Can I just stay here and talk to you just a little bit longer? Nobody on this call knows anything about that, right? <laughs> two say, weeks, John.
1: The baby was two weeks and she was already kind of done with
4: <laughs> it's, It is the hardest job in the world to stay home with kids. So it's... Uh, I Yeah, I, I was not very good at No, I'm just kidding. I have to say natural chemistry and Jay Birchie had zero hesitation hiring me, even though my son was so young. I didn't start until he was four months old. So there was a little bit of a gap between the interview and the start dates, but he trusted my ability to do the job and I kind of made it my mission to prove him right. Like I worked in sales for a few years, um, but my passion was always marketing. So I kind of started doing both for the company. I would call on on dealers in the territory during the day and then do like marketing projects at nights and weekends simply because I wanted to. I know that sounds nerdy, but I did. So that hard work paid off and led to a transition full-time to marketing in 2012. And I worked as a brand manager for NC Brands with both product and brand management. So things like product labels and pricing and trade shows up until May of 2021 when I took this new role with Aquastar.
1: Now, you say that you can't sit still and you're always on the go, go, go. Yes. And there's, you know, rumors around that you were a major road warrior. <laughs> is, that, yes. is, that, is that true?
4: Yes, that is absolutely true. So, you know, as mentioned, my my son Chris was a newborn and traffic in the Mid-Atlantic can be a beast during show season. It could be even crazier where you'd have like a distributor show in Virginia Beach on Tuesday and have to be at a show in Philly by Thursday. But I was determined I was going to be everywhere and I was going to prove myself. So, I mean, there were a lot of times that I would work Northern Virginia, come home, have dinner with my son and my family and put him to bed get back in the road at like 9, 10 o'clock at night, go stay in a hotel for an early show the next day. So I was covering six states, and I put 64,000 miles on my car in one year, which
1: was crazy. (laughs) That's insane, right, John? Wow.
4: Yeah, PSA, please tint your windows, because when you drive that much and you don't have tinted windows, your face will start to age differently. It really actually happened. Megan laughs because I tell everybody this. Google truck driver sun damage, and you will know what I'm talking about. It's it's insane, but you know what's interesting about us on the manufacturing side and my journey, and I wanted to make sure that I mentioned this is that two out of three of the companies that I've worked for have approached me because of networking. Oh, there goes Maisie. Every time um, they approached me because of networking that I'd done over the years. So like I met Jay Birchy years before he hired me. The same goes for my current boss, Todd uh, Pierre. So on the manufacturing side, we all kind of travel the same show circuits and we get to know each other. Like Amy said, we've become this you know, crazy pool family and it's so important to build a network of different types of people that you can reach out to throughout your career for advice, whether it's male or female, and you want to build what a very good friend of mine named Carrie taught me is your own personal advisory board with people with diversity of thought, because you just never know, like someday from that advisory board, someone could reach out and offer you your dream opportunity. You just don't know how the world's going to work. So. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Networking is, is huge, huge. Now, I want to backtrack a little bit because you were working for natural chemistry so what specifically were you responsible with Natural Chemistry?
4: Pretty much everything to do with that brand. So Natural Chemistry was an, it was a family-owned business until 2019 when it was acquired by Biolab, Kick Alicia's company, and, and that's how I met Alicia. So as more and more people were not part of the Natural Chemistry brand anymore, more and more things came on my plate. And so I would do pricing, product labels trade advertising, marketing, social, you name it. I did it with NC and I think, you know, it kind of created this passion for that brand that, I haven't felt about many things in my life because it was kind of like my baby at that point. So, you know, brand ambassador, even out in the field, working the trade shows, things like that. So you name it, I did it at that time and was definitely open to some help. But I had a great team of the people that remained towards the end. And Alicia obviously came on and, and took over some of the NC stuff as well.
1: John, we were talking about it, I was talking about it to Jamie, especially because and When you have products and you talk about getting into distribution, it's very hard to get a product to be successful in distribution because there's not a sales floor. It's not like you could go walk around the sales floor and be like, oh, here's this product, here's that product, and have exposure to that. So really, it's kind of tough because you can have some great products, but unless the counter people are talking about them or sharing those, you really kind of don't get a lot of exposure to that so uh, Jamie and I were talking about especially like natural chemistry and how they were able to really kind of bring that brand to the forefront and and really be known well in the industry because everybody does the shows, right? You have all these companies that take products to the shows, but not always all of them actually push through and become popular within the industry. So amazing the, a job there, Jamie, with that product and really kind of getting that that product out there.
4: Thank, And we had such a great sales team. I mean, if you, I shouldn't, if you saw some of the photos and videos from our sales meetings back in the day, I mean, we had just the best culture at Natural Chemistry. And I think a lot of the relationships that these guys and girls had in the field with their customer base is a, a huge reason of that. So I was able to provide support on the back end. And having been one of the field reps, it you know, I know what you've say or don't say to a distributor versus a dealer and, and the messaging and how that has to be. So I think it's really important for people in marketing to get out in the field and ride around with their sales reps and sales team and see what the dealers are saying. You know, you can do it socially, you do social listening of what people are saying on the forums, but it's even more important, I think, to get out there and get into these stores and distribution branches in person and, and see what you can learn. Just listen.
3: You talked about natural chemistry being purchased by Biolab and that's how you met Alicia. So
4: Alicia, tell us a little bit about yourself and what
3: you do at Biolab.
5: I am Alicia Stevens. I've been in the industry 21 years now, so I work for Biolab. I'm in charge of a couple of different things. My newest title is branding and education manager. Branding is kind of new. I ended up with some very, very big shoes to to fill for such a small person, Jamie, you leave behind some big shoes, you really do. I, I do have <laughs> a big feet <team> anyway, though.
4: <laughs> Thank
5: you. So uh, I've taken on some new things kind of in, in the past year or so, but education is my passion, and that's what I've been doing for Biolab for the last few years. So I don't have any kids, so that's not part of my story, unless you count the furry ones that you might see pass through the screen. I got plenty of those. But... We saw one already, by the way. I, I didn't
4: call it out, but I... <laughs>
5: Was it on the floor yeah, at least? Yeah. Or, yeah, you never know what's going on. Yeah, like, if you could see beyond the scope of my camera right now, you'd be amazed at what goes on around me. Alicia, so. just
1: to let you know, before you jumped on, we kind of have squares going to see how many are going to go by. So everybody's kind of got yeah, that
5: over on this side. So that's more, hilarious. And like, hey, so, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. why Jamie's
1: like, I saw one. I think that's Jamie telling but, me, hey, there's my number. Yeah, yes. So yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. well,
5: is, it, is it different cats or just how many times you see a cat? That's just a cat just yeah a just cat. a cat all right, cat.
1: right. well <laughs> those Alicia, are my children so <laughs> Alyssa, you can tell jamie that we'll go ahead and we'll leave that for later
5: Right. We'll leaf I want to leave it. You're leave it. Yeah. You're you're barking up the wrong tree, <laughs> Oh, it begins. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Really? I'm
4: gonna, I'm going to go out on a limb and say there oh. right. I nicknamed her the pun master when we worked together cuz this was all day long just so you know. <laughs> I could go on all day long. I, mean, oh, I told you uh, I've uh, swallowed 80 puns already about your uh, tree. <laughs> I
5: love that. It didn't happen. You want, uh, right,
3: you want to come write headlines for Pulp pro magazine alicia <laughs> i think i think it's a second career for you <laughs>
5: I, I... I write all the time, just stupid, like it's punny stuff. So that's what I do. I, I love it. I have a whole Facebook thing going, if you're not friends with me on Facebook, because I travel all the time. And it's a series of, I call it traveling for idiots, because, you know, you <laughs> guys travel, right? You know what you see every day when you're, you know, airports and everything. And it's just this long litany of what you deal with as a traveler. But that's, that's what I do. I like to make people laugh. So
3: <laughs> you've had some good ones lately, some good travel tales that I've, uh, that I've, yeah. that I've enjoyed. <laughs>
5: I'm so,
1: to so, share some more stories with you.
3: Yeah, I uh, I can't imagine at this point any banana in industry does not know what BioLab does. But just in case, could you give us the rundown of what BioLab is and what it does and what it makes for our industry?
5: Sure. We so we're a chemical manufacturer. Our parent company is Kick Consumer Products. So you know, Amy's got kind of on the service professional side, and Jamie's now more into the as you say vertically integrated corporate world and I'm in like the big corporate world. So we manufacture a lot of things. Chlorine, if you missed the memo, we do manufacture trichlor and tablets, etc. But we provide a full line of chemicals. So liquid, solids, chlorine sanitizer shocks, all of that. So we are a, a chemical manufacturer. Our brands are BioGuard and Natural Chemistry, Sea Clear, Pro Series, Spogar, Proguard, Pro Guard, all of those. So that's what BioLab does. I'm like, like you said, most people know what we do, but yeah, that's who we are. I have been with them for a long time at this point.
3: <laughs> I was at your offices last week when Sorry, I was in I Atlanta. It. Yeah, I, know, I didn't get to see you there, but I will say I felt like I knew what you guys did. But walking into those offices and actually seeing all of the brands on the wall, I was like, oh, I didn't know I did that one too. It's a yeah. lot.
5: Yeah. Even outside the pool industry, we have a a lot within our umbrella, but it's a lot. There's a lot going on in the building as you walk around. You never know who's going to be talking about what, but it's interesting. It's an interesting place to work.
1: By the way, Megan, they did say that whoever were the hosts and co-hosts for the show, that they were going to send us with everything paid over once the new plant is open, and we're going to be able to see it all out there. They're going to take us over there, so...
3: (laughs) I got to tell you, you know, they're... we could
5: probably <laughs> arrange that.
3: <laughs> I mean, they don't even have to pay for me to go. I just want to go to that ribbon cutting ceremony and just, I just want to see it. So, I mean, you joke, but I think I'm probably going to make that happen. So just FYI, state-of-the-art
1: <laughs> facility. Can you imagine? Right.
5: Yep.
3: And I'm a huge manufacturing nerd. I love seeing plants and I love seeing how things get made. And so, and I have not been in a chemical plant yet. And so other than like where my husband works, that doesn't count because it's not in the pool industry. So I, I, I'm, I really want to do this.
5: We have a video, Megan, I'll send it to you. That's been documenting the process of building. We actually have a time-lapse camera that's pointed at the construction site all the time so we can pull progress and things from that. So that's some really, that's some really smart... we're invested in the manufacturing.
3: That's some really smart branding, Alicia.
5: Good job.
1: Yeah. Zach is mad over here. Sending me messages, kind of cussing at me that he missed the podcast that I shouldn't have let him skip today. That's awesome. Uh, and by the way, uh, John, Janie is saying, yes, please. She wants to go, too. So, um, Oh, yeah. We're total yeah. geeks
2: when it yeah. comes down So We might not look like oh, it. I'm that, a, that's I'm the, a oh, I'm
5: a nerd, so oh, my God, I'm we'll see geek. if we can't nerd out together. That would <laughs> <Right>? be <fun>. great.
2: <laughs> So before we get into our next question, Edgar, you want to?
1: Oh, yes. Look at that. Oh, my God. We've been talking for 57 minutes already.
4: (laughs) Time flies when you're having fun.
1: And I'm distracted over here because I'm going to have to take a screenshot of this and post it for you guys because that list of just the comments just will not stop. I'm here trying to answer everybody. So it's awesome. So, guys, let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation.
0: The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Now available, Pull Invoice. Pull Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pull Invoice is built with recurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal, where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customer's information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com.
1: Blu-ray, all day. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. We are talking to Amy, Jamie, Alicia. We have Megan co-hosting our podcast today. Before we continue our conversation, ladies, I do want to give a couple more shout outs over here. So we have uh, Julie, big shout out to you. Maggie, shout out to you. We have one more. There you go. Ed Morrison, big shout out to you. Uh, Big shout out to all you guys. Look at that. I got a new message over here. Somebody's telling us, got to tell you, I say Blu-ray all day a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see here. Somebody had asked, Megan, I don't know if you happen to know this statistic or not. And right as I'm talking, my messages just kind of keep flipping on, on me. So just bear with me. If we happen to know how many women are in the industry that are doing a lot more of the working in the field with regards to plumbing, electrical. Any of that? Any of you guys happen to know
3: that? You went to six in, in the pool industry? That's not how we, that's not how we <laughs> What's do wrong things with you,
1: Edgar. Here? Come on. Oh, I think whoever sent that message set me up over here. So anyway, so Shannon as well, shout out to you. Kim, shout out. So thank you to all of you guys for listening and keep sending your messages. John, right. I'm going to let you jump yeah. in.
2: Go next. Yeah, Alicia, can you talk to us about your journey in the pool industry and how you ended up in your current role as manager of education?
5: Yeah. You know, it it was never um, growing up. It was never, I want to be in the pool industry. I actually wanted to be a backhoe driver. So um, (laughs) my dad got a big kick out of that, but it it never, yeah, it it wasn't, I want to be the pool industry. So I grew up in uh, the small, small, small town, Illinois. If you think you know how small it is, go about ten times smaller than that, and uh, that's literally where I grew up. So I went off to college with dreams of going to medical school. I studied biology, then I lost interest in medical school completely, and I came to Georgia to go to grad school. I'm not really, not really sure what I wanted to do with my life. Just kind of finding my path and. At the end of that, I hated what I was doing still, and I was still trying to figure out what my life was gonna look like. So I took a temporary summer job. A friend of mine at the time just called and said, hey, I know you're trying to figure out what you're going to do. I saw this ad for a temp job that might buy you some time. I was like, thank you very much. I'm going to call. So I called and it was Biolab and it was uh, there. They hire on people in the summer because the phone volume goes up and they need some extra hands. So I got hired to answer phones for Biolab in their customer service department and i was just buying myself some time i was you know i'm hanging out in georgia my whole family's in illinois i don't know where i'm going with my life and so that was supposed to be three months and 21 years later i'm i'm still there and i started in customer care which i will say to this day that that's probably one of the best things i've ever done for my career is i spent three years in their customer care group and i learned pools from smart people, from people that you question their intelligence. I learned from, I learned from dealers. I learned from customers. I learned from so many people and you, you just really know pools when you do something like that. So. Wait, um, didn't you learn from me at one point? So that, how should I I take that comment? Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying. um, That's learning from the best. (laughs) Oh, Oh, good good recovery. (laughs) (laughs) Literally saving the best for last. Anyway, so I did that for about three years and with my background, I had a a biology background and a little bit of engineering background from grad school. So the R and D department, one of the gentlemen there, David Rouse came to me and said, and you're a good fit for my group. I really want you to, to make a move. So I did that. Okay. You know, so I spent a few years in R and D and I did product testing and things like that. Kind of a liaison between taking what comes out of the minds of brilliant scientists And working on getting it into the hands of customers and dealers and consumers so so i did that for a while and in the process of doing that i got an opportunity to do some teaching to some of our our bioguard dealers and the first time i was nervous and the second time I started to enjoy it, and by the third time, I was hooked, and I'm very lucky. You know, we talk about mentors in the industry. I told my boss at the time, David Rouse, I said, I really like that. I really, really like that, and he said okay, and he gave me every single opportunity he possibly could to get in front of people and start teaching, and I found my passion. So I found a passion for pools as I came through the ranks, but then I really found a passion for education kind of morphed out of the R&D side of things and more into the the sales and marketing side of the business with a a true focus on education. So I started doing dealer education and, and all sorts of things. It's been an amazing journey over the past year. I've started to grow even more and take on more branding responsibility. Someday I'll talk to Jamie again because she left, but that's okay. I'm learning, learning things in her absence. But one of the highlights of my career though, is I used to teach a class. I still do occasionally about recreational water illnesses. And one of the things I, I do is I say, you know, you guys know that recreational water illnesses can come from body waste, literally. So I said, look, if you've got the brown trout, get it out. That Was my tagline, you know, if you've got the brown trout, get it out. Oh my god! And so I'm standing in the hallway at a class one day just to having a conversation. Somebody walks up to me, and their eyes are huge, and they go, Oh, and I'm like, What's what's good? What's coming next? You know, and he goes, You're the brown trout lady, <laughs> and I'm like that's what my career has been reduced to. My mom, my mom had all these aspirations for what I was going to be. And I became the brown trout lady. So,
1: oh, wow. God, I love it.
5: so anyway, so my career, I, I found a passion and, and I have been lucky enough to be given many opportunities to build on that and to hone my skills. And truly, I, I have a love for public speaking. I, I like to talk to people. I like to get on stage. I, I like to do that. And I, I will take every opportunity that I can to stand up in front of people and and talk about pools. So that's what I do. And that's kind of how I got there. It's, it's been definitely been an interesting journey.
3: (laughs) So So how many, sorry, Edgar, I feel like you and I keep trying to talk like at the, at the (laughs) same time, we're not very good at this co-host thing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> there are two things one to me, John, I think is really cool that she's actually on the research and development side like really when do you get to do both right you'd get to do the education and all that but then to be in the research and the development side, how cool would that be with products and stuff like that that you're that you do that and then she says that she loves to be on stage and so when she says that, what do you think, John? let's see if you and I are on the same page Oh,
2: she's come to the awards.
1: Oh. We're thinking Pool Nation Awards, let's have her present something right off the bat
5: bring it I, I will never pass up an opportunity to step on stage with a microphone. And if you know me in real life though, that's really not who I am. <laughs> but uh, in the you know when I start talking about pools, I'm like, okay, I I will do that. <laughs>
1: we have got to get you Alicia. We definitely have to get you to come to the event and present to. an award. So <laughs>
5: I will say that career I was a little bit insulated at, at BioLab and since I met Jamie, and we'll talk more about, you know, the impact people have on your lives later, but since I met Jamie, she's really done a good job of stretching my boundaries and getting me familiar with other people and then I met Amy and I just you know it's been so nice to start meeting new people like you guys and so I'm grateful to be there and I like I said I'll take any opportunity I can to to get up on stage and talk about something so but I cannot guarantee I won't crack a joke or two because I don't think I can talk without cracking a joke. (laughs) I think that's what we're all counting
3: on, right? right? (laughs) But if you introduce
5: me as the brown trout lady, I'm not coming (laughs) to it. (laughs) Please do it. (laughs)
1: Oh my God. I love it. So Put it in your calendar because we're going to put you on, and we're going to have you on there, and even on the chat over here. I have people going. Please make sure that she goes. Please do.
5: <laughs> well, I would. I'd be honored. So <laughs>
1: great. Sorry, Megan. I'll, I'll back out now, Megan.
3: Oh, it's fine. I'm just following the questions that you gave me and told me I needed to ask, Edgar. I'm doing the job that you gave me. <laughs>
5: You know, you could have just said talk amongst yourselves and we'd still, you know, we we probably could have driven right through it. But... Right. Well, and we
3: could have probably hit all of these topics anyway, right? So
5: <laughs> yes. how uh, how many
3: classes a year are you typically doing then or, or before? And then obviously this is like a before and after COVID kind of question, because obviously that would change your job a lot. If you're a person who likes to get in front of people and talk and, and do all of that, there's not a whole lot of that going on in the last year and a half or two.
5: So it's been interesting. It was a hard really really hard adjustment for me with COVID. And we had done some work education-wise on taking some more things virtual and doing some video production work and everything. And that's just kind of the way of the world, you know. So before COVID, we were already sliding some things more towards the online uh format, but when COVID hit, I, I'm used to getting on an airplane, getting off the airplane, greeting people, talking to people, teaching people, and, and that all stopped and I ended up just zoom, 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 zoom. And you, you slowed down a little bit, right? So you had an opportunity to maybe address some of the things that you hadn't had time to do and bigger audiences at one time because everyone could join in on a zoom. So I pretty much lived on zoom for about. 18 months, whether it was interacting for work at one point, I think Jamie and I Zoomed 50 times a day and it was all work, quite honestly. Like it really was, it was a collaboration tool, but yeah, so we did a lot of Zoom and I honestly was afraid that even when COVID started, you know, restrictions started back off, that we would stay in a completely digital world. And I'm grateful to say we're not, at least what I'm doing is not. And I'm finding that that dealers and, and customers are so happy to see people, in person again. You know, I taught a class on Wednesday and they shut their store down and brought all their people in cuz they just wanted to have an in person interaction where they could it was more give and take and it was really valuable. So, I was afraid that we were going to just go so far to the digital side that we'd never come back from that and as a person that likes to speak that would have been really disappointing for me, but I'm I'm finding that the human element is still there and the face-to-face element is still so valuable. So, I'm working right now. I've Traveled the last eight weeks in a row, and I've got another eight or ten in a row coming up that um, just, you know, getting out and getting out with our customers. So I'm learning new things. I'm doing some distributor shows, which I'm excited about. I've never done before. So
1: I do want you to know that you're famous and you might not think (laughs) that you might not think that people don't (laughs) recognize you. But I even have people on the on the chat going. I recognize her voice from the Pool Chasers. <laughs> there you go. See? Yeah, yeah. They put two and two. So absolutely. Now they're asking Western Show. Anyone? Are any one of you guys going to the Western Show?
4: I'll so, be
5: there. Amy's
1: going. Jamie's going.
5: Can't wait. I'm not currently scheduled to go, but that that's a little up in the air at the moment, so possibly. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> Do me a favor. Send me the email and phone number to the CEO of Biolab, <laughs> and I have no shame in my game whatsoever. And Zach and John are my proof because – I'll sit there and I'm like, hey, we want to – we wanted to talk about uh, interviewing stuff and emailing yeah. the CEO of Indeed. I never got a response,
4: <laughs> but I'm like, I'll go. I'm, but you I'm, shot your shot. But, but, yeah. I'm, I'm shot. And I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm
1: going to the top. I'm not going you know, down and working my way up. I'm starting up and then That's trying awesome. to come down. So, so send that over. And John and I will do a conference call, right, John? And we'll get on there and be like.
4: <laughs> can be I listen?
1: Really well. Yeah.
4: Can I listen, <laughs> please?
5: Right. And
1: here's how we're going to do it. We're going to be like, we're not asking. We're telling you <laughs> to. Question for you. Do you guys have a private jet? Does Does BioLab?
5: No. Can no. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. okay.
1: Um, so it is first class all the way. First class hotel. <laughs> and. Book it and send her over to the show.
4: First (laughs) class on Southwest all day long. There you go. (laughs) All day long. (laughs) That's my brand. I love that plane.
1: (laughs) I can hear, I used to travel Southwest all the time, but
4: uh. Greyhound of the Sky. I I,
5: I love it. I live in Atlanta. I'm a Delta girl. so. Uh. (laughs) So
1: I'm assuming, Alicia, if you travel that much, you're probably one of those that gets bumped up all the time with all the travel that you do.
5: Actually, no. The problem is that um, Atlanta is the busiest airport in the world, and or it used to be. Now it's in the top two or three. It may not be the busiest anymore. And but trust me, there are business travelers, lots of business travelers that travel more than I do, and they all pass through Atlanta. Every one of them. So I do occasionally, uh, but not as often as not, I would not like. As often. So yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, go
4: through Atlanta. You have to go between what is it, the A and B terminal or whatever, where they have that cool like safari or rainforest thing set up. Alicia, you've
5: been through it, haven't you? Oh, trust me, I've been through it. And if you come through it the morning after a, a, a pool industry event the night before, it's trippy. Let me tell you, know, uh, <laughs> it, it it does not prove the feeling in your head.
4: <laughs> never had that problem. <laughs>
1: here, I have the CEO of BioLab listening to what I'm saying. All the we're talking about here. He's going to be like, you know what? Let's kind of hold yeah, never on. Never mind. Let's edit that. Let's yeah. edit that out. Uh, let's talk to Edgar and John again and kind of work our way through this. Uh, over, I have over here people making fun of me, so I'm just going to ignore that for now. But. Anyways, so, ladies, this is a male-dominated industry. Can you guys share some of your experiences when you've had to deal with men in our industry that maybe haven't been so welcoming or treated you differently because you are a female? Now we're getting to the good stuff.
5: This is when we're going to talk all over each other, so we should probably just apologize. (laughs) Alicia, you can go first if you want to. (laughs) Yeah, so I've been here uh, 21 years, uh, in the industry for 21 years, and it's the only career, really, I've ever known And it has gotten better over the last few years. Edgar, you and I kind of talked about that and the changes happened in the industry, but there've been plenty of times in the past where you just completely get overlooked because you're a woman. You're not even considered. And even working the NPC show the other night, which by the way, I'm sorry, Megan, I missed you. And Amy, I'm sorry that I missed you. I was working the trade show and I watched a guy walk past the table. And every single time he walked past, I greeted him. I said, hello. And he just kept walking past. And then one of my male co-workers came over to the table with me. And then all of a sudden he stopped and asked a question. And I'm like, yeah, I really thought we were past that, but right. but we're not quite past that yet. But the funniest thing was he asked the question and my co-worker said, I don't know, ask her she knows more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me laugh, but um, yeah, it's just interesting. But I've been fortunate that two of, two of my three biggest mentors in the industry have been men that did nothing but try and give me every opportunity on the planet. But there have been plenty of times that I have felt discriminated against. And I don't fit the... Just to be personal, I, I don't fit the young, pretty pool girl stereotype. So even that has caused me to be overlooked in in many you know cases. We had an instance in the past where there was a, a dinner and the, my entire team got invited to this dinner where I did not because I did not fit the, the look and feel of what they were going for. And it made an impact on me very much so. And it was very hurtful. And I feel like in a different situation, had I been a male, I would have been invited regardless. And it was just one of those things where if you're not a female, you don't deal with it. And it was very hurtful, but you know, you move on from it and you grow from it and you just surround yourself with the people that do lift you up and the the people that do support you and help you. And and like I said, I'm I'm very fortunate. Two of my biggest mentors in my career, David Rouse and and rest his soul, David Cruz, who, um, I can just give a moment, a uh, shout out to him. We lost him recently. What a loss of, of a person, a human being, and certainly to the industry. But two of the biggest people in the industry that have helped me move my career forward. And then I handed the reins to Jamie and she's working on it. But <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I've definitely felt discrimination and it's definitely something that as a male in the industry, you would never feel it or see it. And as much as I'd like to say it's gone, it isn't yet, but it's certainly getting yeah. better.
3: I like think that's really a good point to bring up because it's something that I have had some conversations with some people about recently about you kind of have this pressure on you anyway to grow in your career and do all the things. But then as a woman, you, I mean, let's be honest, you have the added pressure of, then you need to be wearing the the right clothes and you need have, to have the right hairstyle and you need to look a certain way. And sometimes that's your way in and that's not great. Right. And that's also not sustainable, you know, like we're humans who have bad days and bad hair days and go through stressors and have the ups and downs of everybody else. And like the fact that in the midst of everything else that we're dealing with, we're also supposed to look perfect and look a certain way is just insanity.
5: I've made a decision for myself that I don't conform to wear the certain thing and the certain hairstyle and and all those things. I, I mean, look at me; I don't, and I'm not going to because that hurts who I am, and I'm not going to do that. And I shouldn't have to. I should be able to advance on my brain and my skills and my experiences, and it shouldn't have anything to do with my gender at all, and, and certainly not how I look. But you know, it, it like I said, it gets it gets better all the time, but there's it's certainly still there.
3: <laughs> well, and it's hard too because it's like the. You know, there, there are people who will overlook you because of your woman or because of, you don't have the the blonde hair or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. but there is no greater success than being yourself. And, you know, that's something that I kind of said to, when I bought the magazine, that was something that I told myself. It was like, you have to be yourself and you can't pretend to be something that you're not. And, and I think maybe the thing that served me the most and because people want that authenticity and even if they overlook you because of whatever they're probably not a great person anyway and so we can just move on from that
4: <laughs> you wouldn't put them on your personal advisory board i wouldn't no. uh, yeah <laughs> come on i actually had somebody tell me once that a dealer took a meeting with me to see what i looked like cuz i was a girl on the phone but I just laughed it off, like, yeah, okay, whatever. Probably looked like I had wet hair and didn't even dry it that day, because there was a phase that I went through that it—that's how I looked.
3: They haven't seen our Marco Polos, Jamie. Oh God, the real. The Nor real. will <laughs> they ever.
4: Circle of trust, Megan. Yes, circle yes. of trust. That's right. I just love that the point Megan made know. about your beard earlier. Like that was the fact that we didn't know you had one because it faded into your. Um... It really doesn't. Look oh, this like was you before, before we were recording. Yeah. 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 You got to uh, lean back uh, uh, so we can see it.
3: There you go. There it is. <laughs> uh, I love that point. I love that you bring up Amy the fact of it like working with customers and how that kind of changes the game as far as being an, in a woman in this field because I do feel like when you're in a position like mine or maybe J- Jamie's and, and Alicia's to a certain extent, you are kind of in a protective bubble to a certain extent, you're protected by the brand you represent and you're protected by the coworkers you have around you. And so like to a certain extent, right? Like people aren't going to say some of those things to you because you represent this company and they also want to make a good impression on that company. And so, but for you like out in the field with customers or running into people face-to-face who don't know you don't care about your brand or your company or who you are. I feel like you get a lot more of that unguarded reaction that can be difficult to keep a straight face with. I feel like you as a, like, you will take a lot yourself, but as soon as it's turned on your team or turned on another woman that you respect in the industry, I feel like everything is off. Like you can say what you want to me as the boss, but don't you dare talk to one of my employees that way, because I will come for you. <laughs> so don't anyway, that line.
5: You make a point, Megan, about other women in the industry. And that is one of the, the best feelings in the world that we have fostered. Over the last couple of years is don't tear down another woman in this industry we'll all come after you because we're working so hard to you know to build each other up in a in an industry where we honestly we need the extra help and we are we're very protective of this group this you know this class of women in the industry that you know don't don't come after us we're we're all a family now yeah
1: (laughs) ladies i want to continue this conversation i want to take a quick break and then when we come back, we will continue. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back.
0: The Hyper Pole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Blu-ray all day. (laughs)
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation podcast. We continue our conversation with Amy, Jamie, Alicia, Megan. Welcome back. We continue our conversation with the pool girls of the industry. John, Megan, you guys want to jump in?
3: Well, we've talked about some of the difficulties you faced and some of the situations that you've been put in that haven't been great. Do you feel like that has changed? What are some of the things that you feel like you still face? And what are some things that, I mean, we've all worked in the industry for over a decade at this point. So what are some things that you've seen change since you started working in the industry too?
4: I've seen a change. There are more women in powerful positions than ever before. Than when I started 16 years ago, for sure, we had a witty event and I know we're going to talk about witty in a bit that a very successful and powerful male owner of a company in the mid-Atlantic came to support us, which was just so cool. I mean, him coming and being an advocate, nobody asked him to, it meant a lot to me, but yeah, there's just a lot more women in powerful positions than ever before.
5: I, I agree with that. I think that to Amy's point at MPC, you're taking classes with more women. There's more women leaders out there. My company is launching a, a women's network within the company. And I think there's just more and more focus on women. And we've elbowed our way in at this point. And now I think we've shown that we have a place at the table. So they're putting more chairs out and welcoming us in. And I think it's what we're seeing. And we're in the middle of a generation switch in the industry too. And I firmly believe that we're going to see a lot of changes in the makeup of the industry over the next few years. And I think that will go a long way. You and I talked uh, before the podcast about how, I think the difference is, you know, a lot of the the older people in the industry, they grew up with mom at home and, you know, mom was always at home and made dinner every night. And that was their concept of what women did. And you know, then we hit this generation where we're still interacting with those people, but we're women that we are not at home. We're not cooking dinner. You know, or we are. I'm not. But, you know what ever. I mean. That's me either, actually. I'm ordering so, dinner. Peanut butter and jelly is my friend. <laughs> But, you know, we're, we're growing up and we're in the workforce and we're still interacting with people that their view of women was moms at home every night. So I think as we see the shift, we've got a younger generation coming in and getting into the leadership positions where mom wasn't at home and that that wasn't their necessarily their view of the role of the female. And again, I'm not disparaging anybody, but I just think it's what you grew up with and what your expectations were. And I think we're seeing that shift because we're seeing a generation shift.
4: Well, and at Aquastar, we have a female national sales manager who is, she's a Boss Mandy Snow and I've been out with her before, where she will FaceTime her daughter goodnight, and she'll stay on the phone with her while we're out or whatever until she falls asleep on FaceTime. So technology kind of helps us to be better road warrior parents, and we have that advantage, thankfully.
6: Well, and I think you know I grew up in a household where my mom cooked dinner every night. So when I had my children, and then obviously moved into a career, it was very difficult for her to understand, you know, why don't you want to be home? Because she waited until we were through high school. To, to get a job, right? So, and there were three of us, and I was the youngest um, and the biggest handful, but it's changed, it's changed. Look, look at Penn Jersey. Sarah Garahan was the female past president ahead of me. Now I'm the president. Lisa Segan, Full corp. She is the current treasurer of Penn Jersey. Look at NESPA. I was just a past, well, past president. And then you have Julie Kasdan, who hopefully I think she's on the podcast. She's the next incoming president. So even just that in itself, has changed, that we're stepping into positions where we're not afraid and we're taking chances. So I think that speaks volumes too.
2: Look, my thoughts on this, and you brought up a good point, Jamie, you said this, you see more and more people are women in higher powerful positions in the industry. What that does is it creates an environment where it's a little bit more inviting for women to get into it because they see people, their peers, and other women that are also in the industry and becomes less intimidating. It's a slow-moving train. I personally see it. We're moving in the right direction. We definitely have a long way to go. I'm a huge huge supporter of women in industry. My wife, she works with me side by side. I mean, I've talked about it and I've cupcaked caked over and over again. I think she's just absolutely amazing. And having good, strong women in the industry is very critical for any industry. And to have it in the pool industry is, I think, is a beautiful thing. And it's a slow-moving train. It takes a little while to get moving, but I think as we keep doing it, it's going to start to snowball. And as we have great leaders like yourselves in the industry and you guys being the faces of... Of your companies and the organizations that you represent. When women see that, they are going to feel a little bit more comfortable because not everybody's as strong or, uh, you know, they are intimidated. And unfortunately for some of them, the only way they're going to be able to overcome that is if they're around others like them or other women in the industry. So I think it's a beautiful thing.
3: I think it's really great that we're doing things like this, because I think that a lot of the situations that you find where people say things and, you know, it's, it's maybe discriminatory or just whatever you want to call it. A lot of times it's just, it's not intentional, right? Like they don't, they're not intending to hurt your feelings. They're not intending to be sexist or misogynist. And it's, so I, I think it's great that we are having these conversations. I think sometimes people are like, you know, we had the pool women on the last cover of the magazine. And I think that there's this little part of me that's like, I feel like we shouldn't have to do that. However, it's great for us to be out here and saying, Hey, you know what? This isn't great. And you know what? We can do better. Because there's some people that's like, Oh, I didn't know. I didn't realize that that came off that way. And it's, I mean, and you have the opportunity to make, make those changes. I have this conversation with my own father sometimes, who I love. Every once in a while, I'm like, Dad, you can't say that like that anymore. Like, that's, and let me tell you why. And then he's like, Oh, you know, my six year old dad who hugs everybody he meets on the street, it's like, you just didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. And so I think it's good to have these conversations even if sometimes you feel like it's unnecessary because there because we are still having these experiences and a lot of times again it's not intentional but like we can all do better, right? We can all learn and grow and work to be better to everyone in our industry and especially people who are different from you. And so I I think it's good that we continue to have these conversations on podcasts like this. And we just kind of keep driving that message home. And it's not that we think we're being like, super treated unfairly all the time, or or we like we want to be whiny about it It really, like, this has been a great industry, I think, for all of us and great for our careers. And then we love it. And it's like, we can always do we can always do better. And this is one area where it's like, we've seen, I think we've seen great change, over the last few years, I can still get better. I'd like to go to a trade show where there isn't even one incident where I'm like, oh, that's
4: <laughs> right. I'm not sure that'll happen in any industry, Megan. No. no, you're, yeah, no, I don't you're think right. That's you're right. Just you're right. Like, just, that's, just,
3: that's just humans like interacting with each other and being dumb. Especially post COVID. Yeah, we're all a little out of practice, yeah. right?
1: So, what are some of the challenges that you ladies still face in the industry today?
4: I know from my perspective, it can be a knowledge thing. Years ago, I was tagged in on a a Facebook post about a chemical issue. And it was very obvious to me that it was metal-based staining. And so I said, you know, in my opinion, it's metal-based staining. And I I even went as far as to justify it with photos and videos of another pool that looked just like it. And the man who had asked the question said, no, 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 you're wrong. It's this. And he He was wrong. Let's be honest. But I was like, okay, well, and we went back and forth. I mean, I even said our lab tested this one and this is what it was. And finally a man chimed in and said, no, she's right. It's actually staining. And he was like, okay, well, can you send me a sample? So I think, you know, it it just took a lot of extra steps of getting there. And, And ultimately this man did post a shout out and say, your product works great. And thank you for the sample, but it just took a lot more steps to get there. And to be honest with you, I hesitate to jump in on those forums because I don't want that kind of like swoop in of like, you don't know what you're talking about. So unless I'm a hundred percent confident, I I hesitate. And that stinks to feel that way. I don't know if that's a female thing or if that's a me thing, but it, it does, it, It's a a concern. On that
1: platform. I feel the
4: same way, Jamie. I
5: hesitate all the time and you read through it and you're like, whew, there's a lot of misinformation on here, but I'm not going to put myself out there for the ridicule that comes, (sighs) that gets heaped upon you, you know, and I think I'm not sure if it's a female thing or just a human behavior, but I agree with you completely.
1: Facebook, (laughs) Facebook is very notorious for that. There's a lot of different platforms for some reason. Facebook is just that platform where everybody just feels like they have to tear down instead of build up. And I think, you know, when Zach, John and I got together, that was one of our biggest concerns. Obviously, we're going to go out to all these social media platforms and it's going to be, you know, they're going to tear you apart. And that's why our message is, look, you know, we want to create a nation of pool pros. We want everybody to come together. And if that's what you're going to bring to the table, we're not interested, right? We're, We're going to, you know, do those. So I can just imagine, Jamie. <laughs> I'm afraid of it. I don't <laughs> post on Facebook. I because of the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, you just kind of get a lot of those those warriors out there, John.
2: Oh yeah, look, and it happens to all of us. I, my biggest pet peeve is God. if Somebody asks me for help or asks me something or asks a question, and I give them the answer. I'm the kind of person I'm, if I don't know the answer, I will not pretend like I know the answer. If I know it, I'm, and I tell you, this is what it is. That's what it is. Right. There is no question about it because I don't like to put myself in that position. And I am not afraid to say, Hey, you know what? Let me look into that. I'm not quite sure, but I'll find out for you. Uh, But when someone asks me a question, I give them the answer. And then they second guess or whatever. It's just like, Oh my God, you know, don't, it is the most frustrating thing. Why in the hell are you even asking me, yeah. right? If I give, if I'm giving you the answer, and then all of a sudden now you're telling me no, that's not the right. answer. Then you know goodbye. <laughs> but it's just so it happens to all of us, and sometimes you want to just kind of beat your head against a wall. And it's just like, oh, dude, people are like, what the hell, man? And online internet. Instagram and stuff like that. There's a, just a bunch of keyboard warriors and cowards right. out there. And well, that's just how they are and which whatever. And you know, our mentality is I, I, I truly don't give a shit, you know, and it's <laughs> I'm it. here to help. And if you need it, here yeah. it is. And I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to stop doing it. And if you don't like it, then whatever, you know, then tune the channel to something else and go do something else and go talk to someone else, but I'm not going to engage. But uh, yeah, unfortunately it's for everybody, but I can imagine as a woman, Perfect example. And I don't mean to get off track here, but I'm in IPSA and my wife, Janie, she comes to every meeting and she's been going there for years. And this last meeting was different. I sat and I watched her and we were talking about how we can grow the chapter and how do we bring in new blood. And we're bringing up ideas. And I was talking about, we should do this. We should do this. We need to be inclusive, not exclusive, right? We need to try to reach out. And then all of a sudden I hear Janie and she just jumping out and she's asking questions and doing things and she's never said anything ever for years and on the way home and I'm talking to her I go so what changed and she's all I don't know I just felt I felt accepted Uh for once awesome, and it's just like wow and it kind of you know it was a beautiful thing but it kind of really pissed me (laughs) off
4: because what did she feel last year or the year before (laughs) yeah Yeah. you know it's just like oh it
2: irritated the shit out of me like (laughs) what you know it's like if they only knew she knows God, she's better than I am. And she's better than everybody else, at least in my opinion. I think she's just amazing. That's awesome. And just to hear that was bittersweet, but it really hit home the heart. And it's just like, well, that's a beautiful thing that she feels that way. But God damn it, why for the last three or four or five years, however long we've been in it, you know, why haven't I done something about that or to help change that perception or, you know, maybe figured it out better so that we can, you know, change that mentality in there. Cause they were interacting with her and, you know, IPSA is a bunch of old dogs, right? And they're just all everybody's stuck the way in the way head, head, but nobody's and, saying yes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's true.
2: And I haven't and been to a meeting in fairness. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, in our struggle and our battle there is when I'm, it's just like, you look, know, come on guys. We're It's not three separate people or 10 separate people. And everybody's kind of pulling away from each other. Nobody wants to help anybody out this is not what i'm here for and this is what i want this is the vision we're trying to do and and but you know it was just fascinating and it's how it unfolded yesterday and hearing you ladies talk about that it just dawned on me it's just like wow you know even myself who try to be as inclusive as possible and i don't and i think women are a wonderful thing in the industry and i think they bring something better than what a lot of guys bring into it even myself failed to see the struggle that my wife had for five years and I sat right next to her and we were talking and how much more growth I have to do. The more we talk about it, the more we do it, the better we'll be. And sometimes it might feel a little uncomfortable and I hear, and I heard in the voices of Megan talking, saying, Hey, we shouldn't have to be doing this. But the reality is we have to, all right? And you just got to get it out there. We got to constantly. And things that make us feel uncomfortable are usually the things that we shy away from talking about. And if they're uncomfortable, the only way to overcome that being uncomfortable is to talk about them in the face them. Just be real with yourself. And let's not kid ourselves, this is a tough industry for women. And not just this industry, but all industries pretty much, but in the pool industry especially. I mean, shit, I came from a different world. But when I got into it, I was intimidated. And it was tough for me. It was it was very, very tough to to break through that wall. And I could only imagine how much tougher it was or how much tougher it is for any woman that's currently in it or trying to get into it. So much respect to each and every one of you. I love
4: that. that. That on. was so powerful. Yeah. I too. And I yeah. think you hit on two really important things, awareness, you know, kind of being aware that it happens and advocacy. So, you know, you are an advocate for your wife. I've had plenty of male coworkers over the years that have advocated for me. Chris Marcano was a big one with natural chemistry, would always call out, you know, that I was behind the scenes helping him with things that he did. So I think it's really important to be aware and be, an advocate, and what you just told us, and what you just shared, that I, that means the world to me. So, thank you.
5: Advocacy is a huge part of it, Jamie. I think you're right. And a, a point I want to make is to anybody that's listening, any males that are listening specifically, is be aware that as a female in the industry, it takes us so much more energy to do the same things that, you know, to go to dinner with a group, to, you know, make your way into a networking situation, to walk into a group of people that you don't know and make yourself a place there as a female. Gosh, it's hard to do. Male can walk in and you kind of have a a temporary place at the table and you just got to cement your spot as a, as a female, you got to fight your way in. And for example, the other night I had an opportunity to, to do a dinner. It was bunch of people that I, I didn't know. And I, I should have done it. I really should have. But I was like, I don't have the energy today to elbow my way into my place. Like I just don't have the energy to do it. And I didn't, and I didn't go. And I'm a little mad at myself for that because it was just, you know, it was just bad timing on my part, but I can't just walk into a dinner and be a part of the group. You got to fight your way into it. And so as an advocate, Any way that you can help any female that's trying to make their way in the industry to help them fight that battle to help them get through all of the noise and all of that is it's appreciated. It really is. (laughs) Very well said. Completely well
3: said. And you, Edgar, you're asking about the challenges. You know, something I think most men wouldn't necessarily have to deal with is. I feel like so part so much of my job is being out in front of people and networking with people and getting to know people. You know, when I was an employee, I didn't think that uh, hanging out with people after a trade show or going out with them to dinner or out to the bar with them was part of my job. But now, as the owner of the company, I do feel like that's part of my job. Right, is to, to interact with the with people in the industry as much as possible. And unfortunately. Like sometimes that friendliness can be misinterpreted as flirting. And it's hard because it's like, I, it's part of my job to meet you and it's part of my job to be kind to you and to get to know you and learn about you and your company and your business. And there have been a few times where I've been in situations where I'm like, oh, you think this is something different than what it is. And Uh, I mean, and honestly, and you talk about advocates in the industry, there have been a couple men in the industry who have seen me in these situations and can tell by my face that I, that, that like things have gone awry and they've come over and gotten me out of it. Because it's just like, I, I don't want to insult the person in front of me, you know, and I also, I also am like, nothing's happening here. So let's get out of this situation. And so there are some really great men in this industry who are advocates and who are paying attention and who are like, yeah, I'm not going to allow that to continue. And I'm going to make sure that you get out of this uncomfortable situation. And like, it's not like unsafe or scary, but just like, this isn't really what i want to be doing right now and this is not helping my career my business at all and that's really why i'm here so let's move on
5: <laughs> and a man in your position megan trying to accomplish the same thing would have a very different experience right. and that's you know that's part of where the problem still lies <laughs>
3: exactly i'm not no, i think i'm not flirting with you i'm just <laughs> trying to get your money
5: i feel used yes. <laughs> yeah. that's all, all those that marco, marco colors are for. for i'm nothing. just trying
4: to Oh. Yeah, i'm just trying to get
5: really
3: just trying to get your money <laughs> you got it john i could just
1: i could just see ourselves getting in trouble when we're at the show with these girls and just walking up to the guys and just like you know what just open up your wallet and hurry up and let's get this over with right I kind of I we are gonna be like yeah just
3: right. place place an ad yeah, and just, move yeah, along just, move just pay for it, and move on, amazing.
1: Right?
4: Um,
1: it it is scary and i hadn't no, even i hadn't I- even thought that- about that but sorry go ahead amy sorry
4: no,
6: I think it's a great point because even if somebody, if if a like for me, let's say a vendor says, "Hey, you want to grab a drink," you have to think twice, right? Because what does that mean? What's the connotation? Okay, how does that come across? You know, what's your comfort zone in that? You know, so it, it's a very good point, and you know, I'm glad you brought that up. I think you know when you talk about challenges in my world today, negotiating. If if a customer asks me for an upgrade on something and, and they want to know what that price is, and I have a grid of what that pricing is, and it's pick up the phone, and they don't believe my price. They're going to get a better price if they call Scott right? So that's a very hard thing for me because I'm in a position where I've been given the opportunity to be able to deal with customers, to provide pricing or a quote for things. And they still question that I gave it to them. So, you know, that price isn't good enough. Let me go to somebody else. I find that difficult. Or if a customer wants to be in a schedule on a certain deed at a certain time, and I say, no, we're booked. It'll have to be this day. And again, pick up the phone, call the owner. Because apparently she might not know what she's talking about and you could probably just give me better information. So I think that that's a struggle too sometimes is that even though you do know what you're talking about, you do have the authority to do things, being able to express that to a customer that, hey, listen, I am the final. The buck stops here, right? It's not good enough. And because they have somebody else's cell phone number that may be in a different position, they're on the phone with that person immediately, literally within seconds of hanging up a phone or having a meeting. And I find that sometimes discouraging, right? I'm not where I am because I don't know, I play with Play-Doh all day long. So I'm where I am because I I deserve to be here.
1: So. Love that. My boss continuously refers to me as the brains of the group or sometimes even the muscle. That one's coming from Kim. Um, By the way, John Cheney's loving your words and the cupcaking that you got going on over here. Alicia, Amy, what do you guys st- still see some other challenges in our industry? I think the industry itself,
6: I mean, male or female, we definitely have challenges. But I think challenges for me, really, we've hit on so many of them. I think what, no matter whether you're on the service side or on manufacturing side or, or, or where Megan sits, we're all experiencing the same exact challenges just in a different facet. So I think we've hit on so many of them. I would say that each one of them I completely agree with. I just may have a different way to say that story.
5: I will say one of the, the biggest challenges I think that I face on a very regular basis is just opening doors. I'm in the process of building my own brand and getting out of the insulate, kind of the insulated bubble that that I've spent a lot of my career in. And that requires opening doors. And that's hard to do. It's hard to do as anyone, any person, but it's a little harder to do as a female and back to your point Megan with you know without the blonde hair and all that stuff it's just hard to get through the door. I'm very grateful that I've had people help me and Jamie and Amy have both been huge advocates for me personally and building my brand and helping me open doors and I'm very grateful for that. But I think that's one of the biggest challenges that I personally have is I'm trying to expand my horizons and I'm trying to expand my reach and my network and I'm struggling to do that right now because I just it's just really hard to open the doors and for those that don't know Alicia
4: um, she is a big bourbon fan so that is a connector (laughs) in the (laughs) cool industry like I I say she likes bourbon and then they're gone for like half an hour talking about Blanton's or whatever you know I've learned a lot about bourbon good job Jamie Alicia how
5: did
3: I not know this about you and how have we not have see. shared some bourbon <laughs> together
5: so uh Megan next time we're in the same place absolutely but door opened. I don't t- <laughs> yeah I thank you James you're open always opening doors for me I don't just like bourbon I love bourbon and I don't just know a little bit about bourbon I know a lot about bourbon so it does. Um, it's uh and I can, I, I just the other night with your coworker, Jamie, we went down the rabbit hole of bourbon for Gone. 30 minutes and I think we planned a bourbon tasting trip you to You make Austin, all kinds of I'm friends not sure. over bourbon, my friend.
4: I've heard, I've heard that that's happen right. a few times.
5: Yeah. So you have to have a key to open the door and it's a weakness for me. That's a struggle for me. And that's someplace that I'm still trying to grow is, is learning how to, to network better and to, to, be able to open those doors. So, but yeah, as a female, I think it's just harder. <laughs> But I can't hold my bourbon, I promise. Oh, she can. I will
1: tell you, you take John and you have a couple drinks with John and we'll have to carry him out in a stretcher.
5: See, I don't
2: drink.
1: Can you imagine? Let's get him to try some of those bourbons next time we're true together, Alicia.
5: Hey, John, really what you've missed out is this.
1: Try this one right here. Try this one right
5: here. Now, Megan, you come along with your contract to get the money and we're all good, right? (laughs) Edit that out. that's always my
3: plan, but it just never, it never works out that way. I don't know. I don't know oh, why I've got that it. contract with me at all times. You've
4: done it. I just <laughs> want to point you out know, that I... I'm up to four cats, by the way. I don't know what the number, Ooh, what the point was, but you're, it's you're a, the close. same one. Wait, <laughs> I, who had what number? That's
5: with what I you. want to have <laughs> <laughs> done think we've seen we've we've done
3: the, the dog, mm. uh, some cats, I yeah. child, one of my children, one of Edgar's
5: children. Like
3: we've really kind of. You
5: might have saw my wife pass yeah. by a it's minute ago. It's a family ago. affair so, yeah.
1: today. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That's the beauty <laughs> of the of the live podcast, ladies. Is yes. it's, it's real, and and it is what it is with what we face nowadays, working from home and having families, and it just it just needs to become more of the norm rather than everybody yeah. still kind of with the panic of oh you can't do this and, and there's certain situations that no, but in the day to day it's like that's who you are in real life, you know, so. What has been maybe some of the your best experiences in the industry?
4: For me, besides meeting these ladies, <laughs> Um, And you guys now as well, all the people, the people for me are are the best experiences, rebranding, relaunching a product line, things like that. Just doing things that I never expected. Like I'll walk into a retail store and see a product that I help bring to market and be like, wow, I did that. Um, Sometimes I don't want to admit that if there's something wrong, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, That did happen in the past. Uh, But no, just being a part of something bigger and being able to kind of make your mark and see, you know, like we took a spa line from kind of a jumbled mess looking of labels to something really beautiful that I was super proud to walk into a trade show and be like, look at this new spa line in my old job. So I think seeing your hard work pay off for me has been really rewarding.
5: I agree The people are far. I, I can't name one experience that's like the creme de la creme for me. That's it's My career hasn't been built like that, but just all of the interactions and the sense of, you know, I, I think I I thrive on that sense of accomplishment when I step off a stage and I've delivered a presentation or a talk of some sort and I've gotten interaction and I've gotten people that, you know, they come up afterwards and they find me and they're like, that was great. I have a question. That was great. I think it's just that feeling is my biggest accomplishment because I feel like I'm making a difference to the people that I'm interacting with. And, you know, I do that for two people at a time or I'll do it for 200 or I'll do it for a thousand, whatever that is. But that feeling of accomplishment, that's why I have a passion for education and what I do. So again, not just one singular event. One thing stands out in my mind. I, when Biolab and Natural Chemistry merged together, I had a lot of learning to do on the Natural Chemistry side of the business. And I was drinking through the, the fire hose that Jamie kept squirting in my face. But other than that, we were, I was learning in a hurry and I needed to do a a webinar, an industry webinar. And I was nervous and I don't get nervous anymore, but this is like my first foray into natural chemistry. And so I, wanted to do a practice run and I did a practice run and, um, it was Jamie and, and one of our R&D guys, there were a couple of people on there just, so I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. And then I just dove in and, uh, you know, this is my coworkers, which are some of the hardest people to talk to sometimes. And at the end of it, I was like, and I had just been talking. I didn't, have, it, they didn't ask questions. I just started talking for 45 minutes. I talked and I talked and I talked and at the end I took this big deep breath and I'm like, whew, okay lay it on me. I'm ready for the criticism, whatever. And Jamie goes, nailed it. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> and that moment of like, I did it, I took something new and I assimilated it into my style and what I do. And it was just, but that sense of accomplishment is that's my biggest, you know, the biggest thing that I get out of it.
6: <laughs> I know kind of dovetailed off of that. So I have multiple things that have built me. And one of them is coming here to the company that I'm with now and starting an entirely new service division and we had nothing here so being able to do that and that was on the feet of the pandemic because when i got hired i'm like shoot i got hired to do this job and half of it's gone we're not doing renovations we're not allowed in people's backyards am i going to have a job and then scott and i sat down one day having lunch and we're like hey listen let's start the service division i'm like "Mm, i think i got a guy right so and and here i am going into third season getting preparing for the third season and we've doubled now we'll be tripling so to me that was huge somebody believed enough in me uh to trust me to run a a portion of a company that had you know had what baby feet right they weren't even crawling yet so that was one i mean another one for me is the show chair so as the vice president of us each year for the pool and spa show you are the show chair so 2020 I was the last show chair until this past show chair because we didn't have, we didn't have anything. COVID hit, world shut down. And it was amazing because the entire week you're involved. You're involved in awards, you're involved in, you have, you know, volunteer receptions. It's an amazing experience. And and I was lucky enough to take part in that. And that was huge. And lastly, presidency in, in both NESPA and Penn Jersey. Hitting accomplishments, you know, setting a timeline for myself hitting those goals and making marks along the way. And now I actually can walk into a room and people know who I am. I'm not just the girl at the other end of the table. I, I have a name, I have a face, I you know I have a personality and to be noticed and to be appreciated for what you bring to the industry, I, I will say are are my keystrokes. I don't have one thing. I have multiple things. And there's probably a million more I could think of and I could talk forever, but that they would be my most favorite besides
5: meeting these ladies. So well, don't think I haven't used, I know the president of NESPA to open those <laughs> doors I'm trying so hard to open. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. I use you, Amy. Like, I, I I use you. I got
3: her phone number right here. I got her phone number right here. Just phone a friend. We've talked about the, the women in the industry group has come up a little bit, but we haven't really told people what that is. And so can you go more into what the witty group is, how that got started and... I have not had a chance to participate in it yet and I'm so disappointed, but it just hasn't worked out in my schedule. But I am um really can't wait to get involved with that group.
6: So um I'll try and be as brief as possible. But um, Women in the Industry, it's a group that we started in the Penn Jersey chapter of females. Sarah Garrahan, who was president for twenty twenty right? Cause it's twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty one, it was something that was very special to her. She had met two women in the industry, Rebecca Thompson and Tracy Bond. And she found that the quarterly, they would sit down and have lunch. I'm sorry, Patty Gritz. So they would sit down and have a lunch every quarter. And they would talk about their struggles. They would talk about their successes and just like-minded women sharing. Sarah heard this and she thought it was wonderful. She brought it to the board meeting. We all talked about it. We were like, hey, this needs to be a group, women in the industry, witty, And from there, we started, you know, myself, Sarah, a couple other women that were part of our chapter, Lisa Segan, Dina Hasbrook, Kim Stroud. We all jumped in and we supported each other and we kind of brought it to fruition and started having Zoom meetings because we had a luncheon and then COVID hit. So then we decided, let's do Witty Wednesday. So the first Wednesday of every month, we have Witty Wednesday. We get on, we have a speaker. We have two of those amazing guest speakers that have been a part of it. Alicia did one during COVID that was absolutely amazing. And I know she's going to talk I'm not going to steal her thunder because she had an amazing presentation about holding each other's ladders that made a mark on me and my career. Jamie did one in person at luncheon just recently that was absolutely amazing about branding and branding yourself and making your own commercials. And I'd like her to you know, kind of give a brief thing on that. And that was actually recorded where you can re-see it. No, yours wasn't recorded. Delicious was recorded. I apologize. I wish yeah. we would have recorded Jamie because they were markers for me in this in my career but anyway so we have witty wednesdays we just started the witty book club the witty book club is the first event which will be march 2nd if you're a member of the organization it's free if you're a non-member there is a, a small charge the book gets mailed to you it's leading women there's 20 small stories about successful women not in the pool industry, but all around and we're going to be led by nanette who is the head of Hatchick, which is a local um, supplier in the area and she's going to lead us in conversation about those stories. So, if you're on here and you're interested, if you go to pen jersey.nespa.org, that is where you will find information about Witty. We hope to have a landing page where you'll be able, and we're working on it, right? We're building it. Alicia's going to be a, write some information about her presentation to go on there. I will do something as well. I'm sure Jamie will be contributing. You can go to that and get more information. You can join us. If for some odd reason you can't get to that or you can't figure it out, I think we're going to be sharing email addresses. I'd be more than happy to point you in the right direction. Anybody can be a part of it. You do not have to live in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, uh, to be a part of it. You can live anywhere in the United States or around the world, for that matter, and join us. But witty Wednesdays, we will take a break during our busy months, April, May, June, and July. And then we'll start to replan. And Sarah Garahan, who's a huge advocate, will be working on a schedule for that. And there'll be more to come. But really, that's how it started. You know, Two women having lunch, Sarah hearing about it bringing it to the board and then we just expanded it all together to what it is today. We have a Facebook page, Penn Jersey, women in the industry. You can join that. Sarah and myself are moderators of it. We'll let you in. That's oh that I had five. Uh, so oh, I was up it's to a really six. interesting group. Uh, <laughs> I had five. Um, really women, uh, we do men that attend. So uh if there's any males on here that would like to be a part of it, you can jump on too. We don't discriminate that for sure. And we love input. It's not a mail batching session whatsoever. We're just sharing. That's it. That that's really. We're here to share our stories and make each other better people, better professionals. So that's Winnie in a nutshell.
1: I love that. So you know what, you and know, I need to touch base because I'm going to put a link on our poolnation.com pod, uh, podcast, poolnation.com website. So let's talk about it. We'll figure it out. We'll get a link up there. So anybody listening, go to hers, but also go to. PoolNation.com, we'll put a link up there. And then if not, you can message me to via Instagram or Edgar at PoolNationPodcast.com and we'll reshare that information. So Alicia, I'm going to ask you, so tell me a little bit about how that group has empowered you a little bit.
5: I had the most amazing experience, honestly, and I didn't know a lot about the group at the time and Amy reached out. It was in the heart of COVID. So there was nothing, you know, there were no meetings happening. Everything was Zoom and, and she reached out to me and she said, Hey, would you like to be the guest speaker for the Witty group? And I'm like, Whoa, what do you want me to talk about? You know, and I'm thinking like people ask me to talk about chemistry and products and all this stuff. So my brain starts swirling, you know, and, and she goes, just tell your story. I was like, that's what you want. And she goes, yeah, just, you know, just come in and like, just talk about your experiences and tell your story. And I was like, okay. And that was a little, like, I got a little nervous about that. Cause that's not what I'm used to. You know, I could talk about pH for three days if you want me to, but telling my story is that's different. So that's what I did. I didn't, I'm not even sure I had any slides because I wanted to keep everyone's face up on the screen and everything. I might've had one or two, but I just, you know, I told my story and and you guys heard it, you know, I I come from small town, Illinois, and, and my journey through the industry. And so I was just talking about some of the challenges I had faced and you know, some of the the people that had helped me overcome them. And it, it was my coming of age story in the pool industry. And there was so much interaction and questions and other people's stories that became a part of it that it was so, it was empowering to, to be a part of this group that understood my story and that. They understood. And this was my first exposure to waiting. I wasn't hadn't been a member. I hadn't been to any meetings, anything. And it, it it's that moment of acceptance. You know, I I found people that get me. I found people that I'm, you know, I didn't have to elbow my way to, into my place. And it was just that moment of, and I felt like I truly had a team of people around me. So um, as I'm wrapping up, I said, you know, the the best thing that has happened in my career, it has been to have someone stand behind me and lift me up and have someone support me, have someone that really cares about holding my brand and my success. And I've talked about it before, but Jamie and I became very close friends when Biolab and Natural Chemistry merged together. and spent a year working just elbow to elbow on things. And we built an amazing work partnership and an amazing camaraderie. But And I have built an amazing friendship there and I'm forever grateful for that. But Jamie has been instrumental in my career in opening doors and helping me build myself up and, you know, get out of my little insulated bubble and experience the industry. And I don't want to embarrass you, Jamie, but you, you know, it's important for me to say that Jamie has been, you know, she's that third mentor in the line that if there's three people, I really credit credit with where I am in my career, and and she's the most recent one, Part of what I wanted to convey to that group was, you know, Jamie's Jamie's lesson to me and to other people at Biolab at the time was, you know, we as women, we have to we have to help each other. We have to hold on to each other. And we have to build each other up and stand behind each other. And they, we don't need to pick at each other. We don't need to, you know, fight with each other. We don't need to, to tear each other down. That's not the way it works. So at the end of my presentation for Witty, I said, you know, ladies, there's one thought I want to leave you with, you know, we're all, we're all trying to climb and we all feel like at one point, at some point we can't climb anymore because we're women in this industry and there's no further place to climb to. I said, but that's the point where, you know, you have to get out the ladder and you just keep climbing. And sometimes that ladder gets a little unsteady. And sometimes that ladder feels like it's going to slip, but let me tell you, I'm here to hold your ladder. And Jamie was there to hold my ladder and, and Amy is here to hold your ladder. And, and that is what I want to you to take away from today is that don't stop climbing because it gets hard. And don't stop climbing because you feel like you've hit the ceiling. Just get your ladder out and we're going to hang on to it for you. We'll make sure you don't fall. And that could be me. That could be Jamie. That could be someone else on this call. It could be anybody, but the point is hold on to other people's ladders and build them up and help them grow. And someone will do the same for you. And within that group, and at the end of that, I said, You know, two things, find yourself a Jamie Novak, make sure that you have someone that will hold your ladder and make sure that you're holding someone else's ladder. And I got a ton, I mean, a ton of interaction after the group. Will you hold my ladder? I love that. You know, I will hold your ladder if you ever need me. Can you help me find someone to hold my, all of this interaction? And I felt like I made an impact, but I also, that group made such an impact on me. So now I look for people. I look for women that I can hold onto their ladder for them. And I look for women that will do the same for me. And I'm, I build, I'm building relationships that way. So, but that just one kind of out of the blue, will you interact with this? You know, will you be a guest speaker for this? this group has, I think has changed my life and the way I look at things. And I've gotten so much you know, other interaction from other people that said that, I love that concept. Let me hold your ladder out. You know, will you hold it? It's become itself. a mantra
4: for the so group, right? Like, and thank you for the beautiful things yeah. you said. That, yeah. that means a lot. I think it's become the, the group's mantra. Yeah. And, and from that, and it is a mentorship.
6: We passed around, you know, uh, a paper to get everybody's email addresses and, and we have a spreadsheet going for anybody that, Wants to mentor somebody and hold their ladder and and help them succeed or, or just you know go to if there's a question so we do have that going forth as well so something to look forward to and out of a one hour witty Wednesday Zoom call in the middle of total chaos in the world we spent an hour just getting to know each other and with a powerful takeaway which. Since that day, we, we constantly use that when we talk in the group. So yes, definitely motivational to a degree that it is is etched in my mind and so many others. So I mean, yeah, phenomenal. I can't say enough about Alicia or Jamie. They're amazing girl. women, and yeah, back at you, sweetheart. So it's yeah, you know, back at you. you yeah.
5: We're blessed, like I said, and Ellen, we're a mean karaoke trio. We are trio. A mean, a karaoke, mean karaoke, karaoke trio.
1: My neighbors <laughs> yeah. can
4: attest to that. <laughs> yes, they can.
1: <laughs> I, I have got Don't to see. It. It. May-
4: yeah. We will. I will probably show you this clip in the Western show. I'm just being honest. It'll come out. I won't give it's it fine. to you, but I will show I, it to you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Please. At least share it. Right. Yes.
4: Yes. If it gets viral. Then I'm putting
1: out So you
6: yes. <laughs> Okay.
5: Okay. She's got leverage. Guys.
1: Alicia, when we were having our conversation, I think you probably saw me the moment that you said, "You know, I'm here to, to hold your ladder." I was just like. Like, oh my God, like that's it. That's a message when, and I think as a company, I think us as Pool Nation, we try to figure out what's the message that we want to send out? What can we say that tells people what it is that we want to do? And a lot of time it's very difficult to come up with something that that kind of resonates and kind of clicks with people. And the moment that you said that, I was just like, I was in love with it. I'm like, we have to talk about that on the podcast. And that's amazing. And And I love that, especially for females that deal with that in the industry, it's such a powerful message that I got your ladder. Don't worry about what it is that you're doing. I got you. And I just, I absolutely love it. I think we need to use that as a name tag for the podcast, right? I'll hold your ladder. Puglers of the industry. I got your ladder. I just, I love it. I think it's, it's yeah. amazing. That's awesome.
4: Jamie, we need t-shirts. I can make that happen. Yeah, we do.
1: I think what you guys need to do, especially you guys that have companies, is go to your company and, you know.
5: Todd, are you listening? Ladder.
1: So, you know what? Send me Todd's telephone number and send me his email address and I will make that make, make that call. So um, I did get a message from John. His internet went, went out and he's like cussing over oh, on no. the other side. So sorry, John.
4: <laughs> we'll miss you, John. You were fun.
1: So, last question that I have. What advice would you have for other females coming into the industry?
4: I would say for me, know that you deserve a seat at the table, whatever that table may be, whether it's a boardroom or the branch you want to manage or or just know that you can do anything that you want and you deserve to be there just as much as the next person and advocate for yourself and fight for that. Mine would be stay true to yourself. Don't become something you're not in
5: an effort to fit in. You, as Jamie said, you have something to offer and stay true to what that is and who you are. Know your career goals, set them.
6: Nothing is too high and achieve them. And when you get to them, celebrate them. And my other one would be always look people in the eye and have a great handshake because that makes a huge difference sometimes. If you look away, then people don't take you
4: seriously. Interesting. I love it. I've got very big hands for a woman too. So I've got a firm handshake.
1: <laughs> when I when I meet Jamie over at the show, she's gonna shake my oh. hand and I'm gonna go to the floor like, okay, you're let's get see, scared. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, which I'm looking forward to, by the way, Jamie. Yes, so same. super excited. And then Alicia, I know that you're gonna be there. What's the name of your CEO?
5: Um t- <laughs> you might want to start a little lower than that, but <laughs>
1: Alicia, I go I go to the top. Every single time I go, I've refused, (laughs) I've learned in this industry, if you try to start at the bottom, it doesn't work. And let, let me give you a little bit uh, of what's happened to me. Is I've shot those messages to way above because nobody below is answering, and then guess what happens? The phone rings. It might not be right. the CEO, but
5: <laughs> but they're listening. Yeah, but somebody, somebody answers, yeah. and they get back
1: quick. So um, That's awesome. <laughs> but so I have somebody over here saying Ed Morrison is saying men are men are so competitive. What we do is we push the ladder over. Is what we do. And <laughs> And then we
5: laugh. Don't come after a witty ladder. We'll take you out.
1: (laughs) I love your group, ladies. I was able to jump on half of the last meeting that you guys had. And we do some peer-to-peers and we, we talk to a lot of pool pros and stuff like that. But it was great to see how many people you guys had on there because it was a lot of you on that group. And see, everybody's just, all of us. it's like my my personal texts are going off and my instant <laughs> chat here is like, Aw- awesome. today has just completely got nuts to where, Megan, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been like all over the place today, kind of trying to you know, manage everything. So, <laughs> but love it. I just love that everybody's, you know, talking about it, bringing awareness about it. Megan, what about you? What advice would you have for a female coming into the industry? I'm gonna throw you you weren't expecting that one.
3: Well, no, but I mean I think I think their advice was really was really great. And I and I especially loved what Alicia said about be true to yourself because like I said earlier, that was something that I felt I needed to stick to when I kind of moved up in my career into the role that I'm in now. And so I think that holds really true for for really for anybody in this, like not just for women. It's like you know if you're changing who you are for your career or for your coworkers or for your customers it's probably time to start figuring something else out so yeah be yourself because that that really will get you farther than anything else that you do and i know that i mean that kind of sounds cliche but like i really i actually think that so
1: <laughs> no, it's a great point it's a great point and then when you deal with the industry like ours which is a little bit more archaic still right it's always like to me all these years in the industry. And I feel like we're a couple of years behind what's happening in the real world for some reason. And everything, it's technology, it's communication, it's everything. So that, you know, coming into our industry, that is still something that you have to realize, you know, especially you guys as females are still dealing with some things that maybe in other industries aren't as bad, right? It still might happen, but it's not as bad. So... Let's do this, ladies. Let's take our last word from our sponsors when we come back. Megan, you and I have been thrusted into the spotlight because normally we do final thoughts, ladies, and I get to escape and I go, Zach, John. So we lost John. So Megan, it's you and me. So we'll come back and we'll get some final thoughts. We'll be right back.
0: The Hyper from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at Ultimate Pool Tools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pull Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up autopay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com. Blu-ray,
4: all day.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We are talking to the pool girls of the industry. And just because it's our podcast, and I can say this, you ladies are some badass ladies out there. I've really enjoyed this podcast today. So so big shout out to all you guys.
5: Me too. It's been a great way to spend the (laughs) afternoon.
1: The morning and afternoon, right? Yeah.
4: (laughs) We right. told you about that time. We told you, we did. Yeah. So I
1: have my, I have my son over here going, Dad, when are you going to be off? Because he wants to play Xbox, and I'm like, no, internet being touched in my house. So
5: I did that too. I'm like, no TVs because yeah. they're all like smart TV. Like turn it
4: all off. Like I need my internet to be Absolutely. stable today.
1: So. Anyways. I
4: never want it to end because I have to deal with real life when this is over in the form of a tree. I know, oh, me so, too. <laughs> Does that mean that you have to leave? I. <laughs> that was good. Alicia is rubbing off on you. That's, leave me alone, uh, would you? Uh,
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done, well done, very well. well, done. Done. Very well. <laughs> you guys can stick oh, with this joke. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> don't challenge me i'll uh, win ever. every time always wins. I, I love it
1: so wow megan final thoughts
3: you're gonna go to me first oh, for yeah, final thoughts
1: you know, I, I get nervous i'm like oh.
3: <laughs> you get nervous this is like my first final thoughts time i would just say that this industry is fantastic these women are fantastic. Like we've all chosen to make our careers here for a reason and it's for a lot of the same reasons that probably many of you have. Like it's a great industry. It's provided us with some great lives and I'm really proud to be part of this industry and proud to know all these amazing women in the industry, some who are on this call and many who are not. You know, and I'm really proud of the progress that we've made over the last however many years. Like things are things are definitely moving in the right direction and I appreciate the hard work that everyone in the industry has done to get to that point like it's not an easy thing like john said uncomfortable conversations are hard to have and and i think people in our industry have done that and have stepped up and have done some of the work to try to to try to improve things and so i think that's all fantastic i'm not as long-winded as john and so i'm sorry my final thoughts are more like final <laughs> sentences whereas john's is like final screeds <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's why i can count on john so well for the final thoughts i'm like go
3: I know. Right. Yeah. He's, he's got some Uh, thoughts.
1: That's for sure. Which by the way, he did send me a message and said, please let them know. Sorry. And that I enjoyed in all caps, this conversation so much. Same. And and, you know, this is, this is big for him. And I always joke around with John and I go, John, I'm going to tell you what the demise of pool nation is going to be. I already know exactly what it's going to be. We're going to be at a show one day. And somebody's going to come and say something to a female and it's going to be all over the place that somebody from Pool Nation beat somebody up <laughs> and they left them <laughs> in bad shape. That's
5: called advocate. No. <laughs> advocate. Yeah,
1: you, know, you know, he's very passionate about it, like really, really passionate. It. So I'm sorry that he's not here for those final thoughts because I know that he had some good ones that he wanted to talk about. Before we go, look at this. Uh Ed Morrison. Chainsaw, you go, girl.
3: <laughs> Chainsaw. Oh. oh,
5: oh Jamie, if you cut the tree down yourself, I'm gonna need oh, video on. Yes.
3: We're
1: gonna need that. <laughs> and, does, is
5: it? does Ed want to come help? Yeah,
1: I'm gonna
4: need close,
1: out in California. Let's kind of arrange this. And no,
4: yeah. I'm in Maryland. <laughs> oh, you're
1: in Maryland. Oh, yes cow. I work
4: remote. You work remote.
1: <laughs> I thought you were close to Ventura. So,
4: uh, no, I spent some time in Ventura, but not. uh the tree is in Maryland. The
1: tree is in Maryland, people. So anybody in
4: Maryland,
5: send us a message.
4: <laughs> yes, please. About five feet from where you used yeah. to be. Oh, God.
5: My name is Drew.
1: Oh, boy. Ladies, I've really enjoyed this podcast. I truly believe that you guys are definitely pushing this industry in the right direction. I agree with John. I really believe that we need more women in the industry. But what we also need is more strong women that are going to be able to stand up, advocate, And help each other out. The fact that you guys have a group together, especially that in the group, you guys are not just getting on there just to chit chat or to do this or to do that, but you're actually giving powerful tools for other women to be able to grow. And that's sometimes what we need. And a lot of times doing that takes a lot of your personal time, right? And you're not making any money out of it and you're not doing all that. But when you create those groups, those are the groups that are gonna be more powerful because there's a true interest from heart to get that message and to be able to help each other out. And the fact that you guys came up with holding your ladder to me is just beautiful. And it delivers the message from the bottom of the heart of what the group is all about. I want to thank all of you for coming on the podcast. I want to thank all of you for sharing your story. And I truly believe that we need to figure out how to do this more often because it's very empowering not just for us in us being able to help, but it makes our industry a lot better. So I appreciate you guys coming on. Wish you nothing but the best and most success. You guys all have my phone number. So now I expect that, you know, if you guys need anything or if there's anything that I can do or we can do from Pool Nation to our side, that you're going to send that message and go, hey, we need help. And we will kind of figure that out. And then, Alicia, you did not say the name of your CEO. I'm still waiting. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you his info directly right well no. yeah i
5: will i won't i won't put him on on blast here but i'll send it so, to you <laughs>
1: castro marquez if i'm not wrong is that right or no is that not the right one no
5: no <laughs> so that's not Bio
1: Lab because it's probably in their kirk huh kick Buy a lab. There you go.
5: Yeah, you don't want to go that Ed, route. No, you don't want no, to, go, don't to want that. go that route. No. no.
3: no. Alicia's like, please, Edgar, I would I like have to have a job and
1: also
5: right, go to a right. show. No. So <laughs> here's what I'm saying. I can't go to the show yeah, if Edgar, I don't work there anymore. Here's, here's,
1: here's one of my true beliefs, Alicia. And that is that we've entered a new era into business. The, you know Things have changed, just like you were talking about, generations changing. The way that we do business is fundamentally changing. And I think one of the things that you're doing and that you guys are doing, which is very powerful, uh, is you have to create that persona. You have to create that network. You have to create your own personal brand like it is that you guys are doing. And a lot of companies still don't understand that. And they even have conversations with me because a lot of them are like, well, hey, how have you been able to grow this? And how have you been able to do that? And you explain it to them, and they kind of just don't understand that. But what they need to understand is that with people, and especially like, like ladies like you guys that have that personality, that have that charisma, that have that ability to get out there and talk to people and reach people, you guys are also part of that brand. And they also need to understand that they need to be smart, and they need to use you guys a lot smarter in those ways. So Alicia, I had never met you before. As soon as I saw your picture, I knew that you had done podcasts before with you know, natural chemistry and you were part of Biolab. That's a benefit for Biolab. That's a benefit for your company, Jamie, Aquastar, right? That's, they're creating that brand and that person. So hopefully they're smart enough and they're able to look at it and go, look, times are changing and it's no longer just does the sales rep have the relationships to go out and shake hands and do the deal. But how do we use the good people in our company to be able to be a little bit of the face of the company and be able to open some of those doors that we can't open up? And you know what? That's a beautiful thing. And I think that with regards to what you're doing, you guys need to continue to do that. And you need to continue to build your own brand because that's what those companies need. So... Oh, my God, I feel like John. I feel like I kind of went on a little rant. Yeah, man, you're
3: going for it. <laughs> that, was, John,
1: that was awesome, You'd be though, so proud. You did great. Where are you? Uh, oh, you're not well. on the podcast, John. Thanks. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know that you guys are all busy, and I really appreciate you guys coming online. And then I'm going to be reaching out to you guys for us to put this podcast out there. So, hopefully, we can kind of have you guys back on. <laughs> Alicia. Jamie, I hope to meet you guys at the Western show. Amy, I got penciled in next year because we are going to go to the Atlantic City show. So It's a party. You have and to go then, to the Atlantic City show. Oh, My you
4: favorite go week to the, the Atlantic whole City year, show. the Atlantic City show. Yeah. 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 And then, thank you so much. It's a good personal time. Personal
1: invitation. Yes, good thank time. you. Personal invitation, all three of you. Megan's already part of, the, part of the crew, but she already knows. But personal invitation to the next Pool Nation Awards. Yay! So that was my um, goal um, for today. That, that was your goal for today? <laughs> yes. so, so you got it. You're in. And then yes. um talk to me.
5: I want to be on the stage. Oh, yeah. I'm only coming if I, you let yeah. me talk. Yeah. Alicia,
1: I'm not kidding. I am giving you one to present at the awards. That's a much The
4: Brown Trout Award. <laughs> oh, the Brown Trout Award. <laughs> oh
3: my gosh. Oh my
4: gosh. And
5: that again and again that's where my career has been reduced to. So. <laughs> just
1: happened. Yeah, <laughs> I love Edgar, it.
5: thank you so much. I
1: love it. No problem, ladies. If there's anything that we could do as Pool Nation or us to help you guys out, feel free to reach out. That's you know kind of what we want to do. So, I really appreciate that. Have a great weekend, guys. We'll catch you on the you
5: next too. one. Bye, guys. Thanks, Thanks everybody. So much. All right, bye. bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast. A member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. University.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry, a pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at poolmanuniversity.com.
1: Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way. May not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.